So, uh, yeah, that song has been stuck in my head all day. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. I woke up Sarah. listening to it. Whatever uh, will be. Sorry. Will be. Don't apologize. You're apologizing <laughs> to me when I was started saying, come on now. Um, and, well, it's it's just because I usually torture you with singing over and over and over again. And <laughs> What's that? What's that called? Like. Uh, Jack, I have Stockholm syndrome at this point when it comes to the music. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like you're in love with with your cat cat. Sing to me, baby. Mm. I I will. You know I will, Ian. You know oh, I will uh, sing yeah. all of the songs. You accidentally hit a note. Don't do that again. There <laughs> you go. Uh, by the way, do you have? tons of these all around your house right now i i have a pack of 20 that i haven't opened and and a ton around my yeah. house yeah. yeah oh um so i got my uh vet i'm all over the place um have you seen mary and max no really really i i, I saw that in in the script and i was like what's that <laughs> so um that's the reason that song has been stuck in my head for a couple of days. Uh, Mary and Max is a stop-motion Australian animated film. Uh, How have I not seen it? Starring Tony Collette and C- Philip Seymour Hoffman. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is a weird combination, but I'm into it. It is... Uh, it... It's a lot. It's funny. So Lonnie and I were watching it together, and about five mm-hmm. minutes in, I like I just know her particular. We all have tastes. Uh, ta- yeah, tastes. Things we yeah. enjoy. Things we don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And and that movie is a unique mix of things I knew she wasn't going to like. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she and I have our own. Uh, collection of like oh have you seen this i haven't seen the list and we just rando out of that um and this came up randomly and it it, it's 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 funny like you know uh any two people on earth have a venn diagram of shows and movies and stuff like that where there's they overlap and either like whatever and ours are like almost an eclipse like it's close like we have a really good overlap of uh, stuff, but Mary and Max, as five minutes in, I was like, oh, she's not going to l- uh, enjoy this, <laughs> is like right on the edge. So the idea is this um, this little girl in Australia mm-hmm. has a miserable life. Her mother is an alcoholic. Her dad uh, is neglectful. She has a um, birthmark that little kids make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, She just has a tough life, and... She, on a whim, decides to uh, write a letter to some random person in America and ask okay. where babies come from in America. She's like seven, eight years old. And it's the, the 1970s. And, and it's this. And, and wait, you said it's stop motion? It's stop motion animated. So it's this very. Okay. Um, it's this very. Uh, um, we should have just watched the trailer, but it's this very. Um, it's super stylized like it's Mm -hmm. it's not at all realistic like they look it it, it mildly off-putting which i Mm -hmm. I was another thing i was like alani's gonna hate this let alone the fact that it's stop motion um their design i i think the character design to me uh falls under off-putting right okay so 
like Tim Burton off-putting or uh, more because I'm thinking like more off-putting. <laughs> it's very hard to describe, but um, okay, I like it. I like the deliberate style. Um, uh, and Lonnie was very. Uh, she's always very generous with like. Well, here's what I liked about it. And here's what I enjoy about it. Even though I'm so like, uh, you don't have to do that. Just tell <laughs> me know, what you hated. <laughs> Even like um with um from dusk till, till dawn, she was she was trying. Yeah. When, when we're talking yeah. talk at the end, she yeah. Really no, tried. that's that's the way to be. I I, I think yeah. um, when it comes to that anything like that. But anyway, um the person who receives her letter in New York is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character Max, mm-hmm. and he is deeply eccentric. Um, he has he uh, it's the. F- first time no it's not the first time i'd ever heard about asperger's but he the movie is like his end of things is is very heavy he explains to her that he has asperger's syndrome what that is Mm -hmm. um he's been in a mental institution uh where he received electroshock therapy um he's goes to overeaters anonymous he has an eating problem he suffers from deep anxiety and wow and the whole movie has this like Mary was born in a blah 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 like a very um, whimsical, whimsical? Ha- very de- which is another thing I knew Lonnie wasn't going to like. <laughs> she doesn't like whimsical. She's not big on whimsy, especially whimsy for its own sake or quirk, really? quirk, quirk for its own sake. I'm generally not I'm big surprised, on. Surprised because I thought she would love that. Stuff. I I don't know how she feels about whimsy, but I think she doesn't like quirk. And I would just dis- I don't like quirk okay. either. I would just dis- distinguish between quirk and whimsy. But the movie is like quirky to the 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 nth degree, right? It sounds like something I would really like. You would love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the more you you tell me, the more I'm like, I need to, to see this. Right yeah, now. and it is... I mean, she read a little bit of... After we, we were talking about it, she read a little bit on Wikipedia. And uh, it was like, there's alcoholism, suicide, uh, accidental death. Okay. Uh, trauma, abuse, uh, electro shock therapy, uh, you know, da 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 da. It is yeah. like relentless with the trauma, the traumatic events mm-hmm. that happened to both of these characters. But I, I, but I, I but I love it. I love the movie. I, I think yeah. that. I mean, there's a there's a character in the story who was in World War II and was suspended in suspended over a um a piranha pool and piranhas bit his legs off and you see a piranha wow. jump up and bite off his leg but it's in stop motion animation yeah and like yeah. the hyper abundance of trauma like the 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 complete willingness to go there in steeped in this whimsy does something that that um it's kind of like it, it's kind of like how children's stories are sometimes used to discuss actual terrifying topics, right? But if mm-hmm. you steep right, them right. in this, when you when that's, you discuss the idea of the loneliness, vibe I'm or what, from yeah, the d- description, yeah, yeah, when you um, uh, veil them in in the ideas of like monsters or um, mm. all of this, it takes on kind of a an interesting life of its own. But anyway, um, 
So the uh, the whole point is that these two characters find in the in the midst of all of this, uh, she grows up mailing him and goes to college mailing him, and there the whole movie is their letters back and forth to each other about okay. the, the comings and goings of their lives. He keeps killing mm-hmm. fish. And he names his fish Henry V, Henry VIII, and they die in very uh, canny kinds of ways in the in the story. Um, but the movie is about how love is the solace from all of those things, how intimacy and the connection between these two characters that love each other um, mm-hmm. is sort of uh, that, like, we can withstand, you know, um, anything if uh, if we have that. Right. So it sounds like it's like oddly be- beautiful. In a way. I yeah yeah. For me, like, yeah, like there kilter beautiful. There are several scenes where I cry. Uh, mm-hmm. The ending, which has certain aspects to it that um, you could either be like really, or oh my god, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and since you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil because you definitely should okay. watch it. Yeah, um, I'm surprised I haven't seen it. But there, really. there is a uh, there's a sequence in it that has K Sarah Sarah, and oh, it's it's okay. paired with dark, horrible trauma happening on mm-hmm. screen, and it has just been playing around in my head um, ever since then. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised you didn't see it, although I get it; it's a very small. Yeah, but it is might it an American production. No, it's an Australian it... production. Oh. Uh, it might be. It might be my favorite animated film. Wow. Okay. Um. And and again, I totally get. Uh, why anyone would hate the flavor of the film? Okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, it's kind of kind of lines up perfectly for me just down to like the little details too um her her world is very brown but it's colorful and Mm -hmm. um max's world in new york is completely black and white but in her first letter she sends it what are those things called on the ends of hats the big furry balls the furry balls yeah oh like pom-pom pom-pom yeah in her first letter she sends him a pom-pom that she made and he pulls it out of the box, and it's bright red, and it's the only bit oh. of color in his world. Oh, that's beautiful! And he went, exactly. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker. I know. So am I. Like, but that, like, yeah. just that little uh, representation of the just color that she brings me. into his world is yeah. so, pr- it's so pretty. Um, you know. But I mean, there, like, he's. It's just. It's a. Uh, yeah. So, it, it sounds like it's gorgeous, but it's got this, like, morbid un- undertone to it's it. It's deeply morbid. It's, like, yeah. uh, the, the, the... It's the weirdest dissonant thing. There's all these little details that I think are kind of poetic and beautiful, and the ending gets me... Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can't talk to you about any of it until you've seen it, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we are going to have Well, yeah, we should watch it. We should watch it together. But the... Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, K. Sarah has been that. playing in my head, and it made me think about Buffy in a way that I didn't, uh, or that okay. I hadn't really been thinking about this season, and something that I want to do for 
in the video for the gift, which at this point is going to be two and a half hours long at the rate that I'm, <laughs> I'm going. And probably uh, two and a half years away. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the nerds. I'm Ian. And my name is Jack. What are we doing today? Well, today, Ian, uh, we're going to be talking about The Blob from 1988, <laughs> the, the 19, uh, 1988 remake of yeah. the 1958 film. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Grease and WandaVision, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, uh, that's that's an eclectic mix of... Uh... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that's 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 why I love the, the list, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I know we mentioned last week we were going to do new, we need a new term for it. New year's, new, new, years, new year's new, resolutions. Um, yeah. New, the, new, year's new, new year's resolutions. New, new uh, year's, new, new me. Yeah. Um, but we had kind of a backlog of movies and shows and between, uh, the blob Greece and WandaVision, mm -hmm. I figured, um, yeah. we'd have plenty to talk about. So Jack and I are both going to have our, uh, list of five next week and mm -hmm. we'll really yeah. dive into it then but we thought um yeah this week we just mean, have a conversation about these things this is already gonna be like pretty long as as it is and probably if try if we try and and include that we're gonna be set set here for three yeah that, I, I think that'll be probably be its own episode but um what hmm. have you been up to this week well ian i've um more or less become begun not become begun uh Full, full scale work with uh, Chipperish, um, and I'm starting to sort of uh, find my my groove there. It's um, it's a little bit different from what I'm used to. I'm it's the same 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 stuff that I've been doing for a while now. But um, Lani has a particular style that she likes, mm -hmm. and it's the first time I've ha had to really conform to someone else's style. So that took a little while to figure out. But um, I think I found it and. You know what, man? It's it's really fun. It's I'm I'm really really enjoying it. Um, and I've also started a second podcast of my own. Well, I've actually been. Well, I'm not really. It's like I've been invited to be a part of another pod, pod Are you podcast. Co-hosting. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's with my friend Sarah Ezat, aka the Costume Nerd, and uh, the lovely Josh Gosden. Who, uh, friends of, of the channel recognize yes for friends yeah. of the uh ch channel you guys might re recognize them from the uh the patron hangouts that we uh do and anyway we're going through the tv series far farscape um episode by episode so one episode of the po podcast per episode of the uh, show so it's gonna be a long series really um because we're doing uh we're releasing episodes for fort and fortnightly um and yeah, um, I mean, at this point, we've we've uh, we've only watched one one episode, um, but yeah, it's it, it's really fun. I'm enjoying it so so far. It's called Muppet Sex and Trauma, so it sounds like I'm in for a hell of a ride. Uh, but, uh, link, yeah, links to mm -hmm. that in the show notes uh, for anyone who's Absolutely, interested yes. in having a look and a listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, if that's your thing, you should come and uh, check it out. Uh, let's see what else have I been up to. Oh, Ian, I'm I'm getting a COVID shot next week. Ooh, and yeah. I'm I've never been so excited to get jabbed by by something. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'm 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 just looking forward to being able to let let go of some some of the anxiety that I've been holding on to for sure. what seems like an eternity right right now. Yeah, I had my first one uh this week last week. I don't know, time mm-hmm. man, it's still blurry. But um right? <laughs> Uh, was it this week? No, it was Wednesday because I still have the band-aid. The band-aid hasn't washed off, and I'm like, well, okay, fine, Maybe I'll just stay. <laughs> You're one of those, eh? You wait for it. To yeah, fall yeah off. just leave it. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. Yeah, it felt like the beginning of the end. Uh, mm. that it was very clearly. Yeah. Oh, we're here. We're here, and yeah, like that's we're a not little out of the woods. Exactly, yet, that's a little bit of yeah. a um, a little bit of a deception. Yeah. But um, but it, I did have that feeling of like oh, but the end is in yeah. sight. Like the end feels yeah. like uh, yeah. there were those long stretches of I guess this is this is just going to go on indefinitely and things yeah. will be changed. Like no matter sure. what, whenever the 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 numbers drop enough that we can start eating in restaurants again or whatever mm. it may be, um. There are some things that will remain different, and I know that. Oh yeah, I think this is this is gonna have lasting effects. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm still gonna be careful. Uh, I'm still gonna be wearing a fa- face mask because the face mask is about protecting others, not 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 you. So, um, but yeah, I'm just I don't know, man. Like this has been such a strenuous uh, ordeal for all of us. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really really looking forward to being able to shrug some of that off um yeah oh and ian yeah ian yes i i bought a coffee maker <laughs> and i am so excited like so excited <laughs> now let me explain oh okay. I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure I, I guilted you into it so you'll receive no condemnation from you me you planted for it. the thought in yeah. my mind at first you were like oh you should get a keurig and then I googled what that was because I'm like that sounds kinky, but it wasn't. It's was just a coffee maker. No. I mean, depending on what <laughs> and, you're into. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that looks okay. But here's the thing, Ian. I'm I'm from Melbourne, and because I'm from Mel- Melbourne, that means I'm basically a coffee snob by default. Now I know that joke doesn't make sense to anybody outside of Australia, but it more or less means like he's from Melbourne. Of course, he's a coffee snob, and from what I saw of the, the Keurigs, I wasn't Im- impressed. So I went for one of those fancy schmancy Nespresso machines and I'm going to be paying it off for the next few months. <laughs> and I couldn't afford it, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, coffee to me was like alcohol was. It's a functional mm-hmm. beverage. Uh, it's to serve yeah. a purpose. And, um, yeah. and that's about it. Um, Well, congratulations, buddy. Welcome. Thanks, man. I I don't know if that is uh, one of those officially or officially an adult now when you have a coffee maker, but it feels like maybe it's one one of the gateways. I'm I'm not sure if I'm ever going to be a real adult. Well, like let's let's be honest. That's the reality of it, of course. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, I figured out. uh, Like I'm I'm spending about four forty two dollars a fortnight on uh, coffee because I go out and buy buy one. Granted, it's cheap Seven Eleven coffee, but it's still three dollars a pop sure. every time. It adds up. Um, and so, in the end, I think I'll be saving money. It's just going to be a while before I save any money. Yeah. Well, I watched. Um, so I finished the MCU rewatch and started doing. Uh, 
I started looking for something else to watch, and I got into Barry. I think I told you oh, about yeah. this. It's a yeah, it's yeah, an HBO yeah. show. If uh, Bri- you know Brian Cranston with Breaking Bad was one thing, this is um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader doing Breaking Good, right? Okay. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So it's like a black. It's a very black comedy. Um, to the point where some episodes are not very funny and, uh, especially the second season. Okay. But it is, he's an assassin and he takes a job in LA and follows the guy to an acting class and, um, takes an interest in acting and wants, starts to decide he wants to change his life. Mm Mm-hmm. And the episodes are the seasons are eight episodes long, and they're a half okay, hour that's each. Short, then. It yeah. is really well made, mm-hmm. really well made. Like um, that sort of Breaking Bad level of interconnectedness in the stories. Okay. Some of the episodes are. There's one episode that is. Um, the whole episode is a fight. The whole oh. episode. Okay. And it and it's really entertaining. It's really there's some. I mean, there's plenty to like. I could nitpick about it, but on the whole, I mean, the, you can nitpick anything. Yeah, though, yeah. I mean, like, I'm. It's it's. I'm just saying, it's not an unqualified. Even if you like, have a complaint, um, like Breaking Bad is a masterpiece, but you you could sure. nitpick something yeah. from it. If you uh, anyone who's listening who maybe has watched the episode, if you have a complaint, I probably know what it is about that episode. And sure, I agree. But overall, it was a, it was really good. The, I'm a big um, uh, Bill Hayden fan, so I really, I really want to ch- check it out. Yeah, it kind of fixes Dexter for me a little bit when you already. I I don't know. The the the. Okay. I was thinking about it. The the it's Sopranos. Uh, it's Dexter. It's Breaking Bad. Like we've had this story a lot. You know, Speaking whether of Sopranos, I just watched two episodes. I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's supposedly one of one of the greatest. Emily Nussbaum, um, when talking about uh, eras of TV, said that there were two episodes principally responsible for the change in era uh, at mm-hmm. a certain point. One of them was Buffy, and the other one was The Sopranos. Um, okay, interesting. That were sort of leading into, and yes, they owed. Um, to the X-Files and Twin Peaks, mm. but those two lit, set off a firestorm where that changed, yeah. you know, TV as a whole. Years so, ago, I saw a good chunk of the Sopranos. We're going back like 10, 10 years, years now, but I never finished, so I thought I'd try. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear it's great. It's just like, we've gotten a lot of this story, and particularly, you know, uh, Bill Hader is an assassin, and it's all guns, and... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I I'm not saying what's best for anyone else. That I would never, I, like, I, of course, I, I, I wouldn't do it's that. It's all subjective, man. Right, but especially like given the events in my state, uh, oh, and yeah. and just kind of like what how, what I've been feeling politically and all of that. I, I I'm starting to get to the point a little bit where I'm like, this is really well done, and I don't know that I need this a- anymore. You know what I mean? Okay. Like. Yeah. To some degree, The Sopranos is retelling a st- is innovating on a story. I mean, there have been gangster stories since oh, yeah. 
Well, there were movies, right? Yeah. Um, and and the Sopranos, even in like the first uh, two two episodes I saw, it's referencing other gangster films. Yeah, whatnot, it, so. it would be interesting to to kind of track the idea, like the empathy for the evil man story is the way that I would simplify simplify that. Yeah, like Breaking Bad does trope. that too. Um, yeah, De- Dexter even does that. Yeah, like the Dexter, em- they make him likable, which is weird. <laughs> He's literally a serial killer, and they make him like likable. Yeah. Now I realize that I realize that I do this right, but yeah. like, what is the empathy for the evil woman story? <laughs> <laughs> is, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I had a flash to Gone Girl, but that completely undoes it. I don't, I don't know, know that Gone that's Gone an empathetic uh, portrayal yeah, of. It's not. Um, like, isn't that is isn't that a little weird? <laughs> this is what but I'm like, talking. This is what like, I'm talking about. Like that we've had this story a lot. I'm not saying like there should be the empathy well, for the well, evil well, the woman story. That, like, I'm just saying men are more likely to be dirtbags. You know, you know, that's just a thing. Um, like, I think it's it's like like for for example the 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 mafia is pretty much pop populated strictly by by men sure. um, men are more likely to be serial killers um i'm talking about real world here um well and, and i know people, i i can hear members of the audience groaning but specifically empathy mm-hmm. for the evil white guy story right because you could even uh, would this story work with I mean, would we, would would the audience, I, I, I change Bill Hader's ethnicity or mm. uh, change his gender, and I don't, th- I, I I don't think the, the, those those stories just don't seem to exist, and I think culturally we react differently to them, and I'm not I sure mean, what to make of that. You I know wouldn't what I mean? say that they don't don't exist, but I would say that there's. Uh, like far fewer of them them. yeah Yeah. to the point where Um, there's no trope to subvert which is what the sopranos was doing by having a hitman go to therapy because like there is a lot of those sort of um la sort of uh gang films you know surrounding la street street gangs and whatnot and a lot lot of them have um, that's true cast members and stuff yeah Um, and a lot of those um yeah, 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 and there are a lot of those that are about red- redemption and 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 trying to do the the right thing and what and whatnot. But um, I mean, I guess yeah. Black Widow on the surface of it is kind of that story, and uh, not the m- new movie, but you know, the red and the ledger. I wanted to wipe it out, like, but that's I yeah. I would that's not the same as this. Uh, you know, she's on a redemption no. path, and none no. of these characters that we've described are seeking redemption. They're going the opposite way. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, I, I'm just at a particular point in my life where I'm feeling a kind of exhaustion with certain things, and there may be people who are feeling an exhaustion with me for feeling them. I get it, uh, but I still it's all, was like, I don't know, man. It's all an individual thing. Yeah. That's your 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 taste and your feelings and your experience. You know. Um, yeah, it's a it's 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 a cool show. Bill Hader's phenomenal. Uh, uh, Henry Winkler, isn't it? Fonz. Really? Yeah. Henry Winkler. 
Yeah, the he plays he plays the acting coach in it. He's okay. very good. Um, yeah. The cast around uh, the, all of them is very good. Um, and again, I love. I can't remember the name of the. Um, there's a Chechnyan mobster in it who is um, hilarious. The funniest mm-hmm. um, part of the show. Um, I I just had a I just felt a kind of exhaustion with the whole thing and the the interesting thing is it was kind of because the more i thought about it the more i realized that he's just evil i don't know i don't want to get into it without you going and watching it um yeah you you should go watch it you should go watch it but there's a i yeah it just kind of i was kind of like okay uh next and like I think I stuck with it and watched the whole thing because it's only eight episodes and they're a half hour piece. I mean, it's great television. It's really well made. Um, it's kind of like I I felt the way about it that I did the first season of Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones is just not my my bag yeah. at all. But I I can yeah. acknowledge the art uh, involved yeah. in in making it. And there were episodes of the show that to me were very thought-provoking. But ultimately, with this kind of character, I end up watching the show for the people around him rather than for him. Like, I watch Breaking Bad for Skyler and Jesse. Those are the characters that I'm rooting for Mm. uh, succeeding because Walter is an asshole. He just Mm. continues to make more and more horrendous decisions. As you go on, you start to hate Walt more. But I don't yeah. know, man. In that final shot of the series, where where he's dead on the uh, ground, you you feel something. I don't know. I did. I, I did. felt something. Don't get me from... wrong. I didn't go, oh, poor Walt. But at the same time, it left me with complicated feelings. You know. I mean, yeah, I I, I get that. And everyone's different. And I don't think there is a. I mean, I would never say there's a right approach to media, but mm. like the feelings that I got were from Jesse yeah. dr- breaking through the fence in that Camino yeah. and screaming in joy yeah. at the top of his yeah. lungs. That sort of like I... manic, mm. laughing joy. That's sort of um, my experience with uh, Buffy because, like, I Buffy's out of, out of like the main Scoobies. She's probably my least favorite. Um, and the show is about her. It's her show. Yeah, we'll get into that and I know in, she's, when we talk about she WandaVision. She is your favorite character, right? We'll get into that when we talk about WandaVision. Okay. Because okay. Um, yeah. yeah. uh, I, I, of course, everything gets compared to Buffy for me in my head. But this is uh, WandaVision is about uh, a magical witch doing dark things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a frame of reference that I have for that that uh, tends to come up most often. Um, other than that, working on uh, Scripture Into the Woods and the Trial, uh, they are now well along in their gestation period. Um, mm-hmm. The trial took me some time to figure out kind of what I had to say about that episode, but now that I, I've clarified my perspective, I, I think it'll be a good video. Solid. That's not my favorite episode, but um, I know a lot of fans enjoy it. And Into the Woods, Jack. We've already had an argument about it. Just uh, so everyone here is in the know, we had an argument Just the about other it day that yeah, we wandered was... into from scratch because you and I feel very differently about that episode. Yeah, um, and that that conversation lasted probably an hour and a half. Um, and it's not the first uh, discussion that we've ha- had about it. It's just it just came up again. Yeah. But, um, 
I well, um, I started the uh, I, I I start the outline on Twitter, but um, I have documents created for future scripts, and I've been working on the Into the Woods script and making notes in it for like three four years, because it's wow. such a pivotal. It's not pivotal to Buffy it is or the arc. But it is a it, it, wait. It's, it's not a, pivotal to, to Buffy. Riley the, leaves. That's very pivotal. Well, not pivotal. Who gives a shit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who gives a shit? Sure, it's Riley, but it's I, I I so want to have the discussion where I was like, so you realize you're arguing for? Shut up. Yeah, Shut I, up. I, no, yeah, we, we won't no. go there yet. <laughs> but into the woods. Hey, but- should be a um what did we call that segment um yeah the, the buffy bad takes yeah buffy bad yes yeah, yeah. absolutely oh you are on yeah yeah you we'll we'll, we'll put that in the notes for uh, an upcoming episode but yeah. um man yeah that episode so the thing that i've noticed is that doing the the uh you know that phenomena that where um People remember a scene from Buffy, but they don't remember what episode it's from. Like Behind Blue mm-hmm. Eyes, you know, Giles singing bl- Behind Blue Eyes in the coffee yeah. shop. No idea what it's from. Yeah. No idea. I mean, unless you're someone who does this the way I do, or Boris, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, most people I know are like, what episode is that from? Yeah. It's like, um, I forgot that uh, Fool for Love ends with the porch scene. I, I Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's in where the wild things are, and that's the reason why most what? people. Yeah, it's the Giles singing scene. The Giles singing scene is in where the wild things are. There, I, wow. I, 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 I've not run into this problem before, but there, there's a, there's a behind blue. There needs to be a behind blue eyes phenomena that goes the other direction, where you hate a scene so much. That it blots out the rest of the episode. I mean, like seeing red, for instance, has. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we uh, uh, so I live tweet the uh, outline process for mm-hmm. whenever I start a new script, and I started into the woods, and I got about thirty minutes into it, and I had to stop. I'm going to finish tomorrow, but thirty minutes in, I was kind of relieved because. It's actually kind of an entertaining episode. There are some good jokes. Um, there, I mean, thank God for Anya in that episode because she's very funny. Uh, it it moves. It it has kind of a nice sitcommy light feel to it mm-hmm. up to the thirty minute point, <laughs> right? And then there's that. No, not right. But right. There's, there's that scene in that episode that I hate so much. That it blots See, out the rest. So it blots out the rest of the episode for me, such that mm-hmm. watching it again for um, the the episode cut, I was like, "Oh, this episode's actually pretty entertaining." <laughs> um. So yeah, but I mean, I I, I value that experience. I like. Mm-hmm. I I think the episode should be measured uh, by the overall quality and my personal bias, which I fully acknowledge, and yeah. I'm, I'm biased out the yin yang. Um, my personal bias against a particular scene or a particular perspective in an episode or whatever it may be doesn't outweigh the qual- the overall quality of the entire episode. And I think it's pretty good. 
But so like most of my video is going to be dedicated to that last 10 minutes. But I wanted to make sure that I was acknowledging quality that's there because I hate negative reviews. I hate. Oh, yeah. I hate being. I hate like, I don't like, yeah. I, you know, I worry in my nitpicking. I worry about the. I spend a lot of time trying to remove nitpicks and just be like, you know. Um, the hangout discussions are loaded with them, but I mean, I think nitpicks are. Yeah, that's a that's different though. That's an informal sort of. Yeah, that's an inf that's an informal uh, kind of discussion. So yeah, into the woods has. Yeah, no, I, I, into the woods came up one time while I was doing an edit stream, and I got so upset, uh, ranting about it that I almost passed out. Like, I was so out of breath and angry at this. And I do not rant. I am not a ranter, and that's no. not what I'm interested in selling. That's not I, what I'm offering I, with the channel. I don't think I've ever heard you rant about anything. You don't rant. Yeah, even like the, 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 the Go Fish video, which to me is maybe my least favorite episode of the show, mm. begins with... The closest thing to a rant that I've ever put on screen. But that was also like a joke too. You were right. I softened it and converted it because I hate just yeah. uh, raging negativity. Because we're all here to love yeah. this thing and enjoy this thing. Especially anyone following my work um, is is here for that. I, you know, she. I did the research and tried to talk about mm -hmm. the Hayes Code and this, that, and the other things. And she is my probably my least favorite Angel episode. And that's like your main ethos for what you uh, do is to find the love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to have the good experience. Um, and so I was relieved watching Into the Woods that I had suffered the anti-something uh, behind blue eyes effect. Yeah. Um, where it just that my rage blotted out the rest of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I got uh, plenty of good stuff to, to talk about that cool. one. And I've been playing 25 hours into Horizon Zero Dawn. There's a PC okay. version of it, which I was excited for. Mm -hmm. And it's Planet of the Apes if the apes were dinosaur robots. Okay. Um, kind of. There's, there's a guy on you, YouTube. I see his li live streams all, all the time. But like over, over for, for over like a year now, he's been live streaming himself playing that, that game on, on hard difficulty or something. Yeah. It it's a neat really game. Hard. The combat system is really good. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to... carry a bow, right? I want to love it. You, she's got a variety of weapons. I want to love it. Okay. This is going to be a trend in our conversation today. I want to okay. love I it. Wa I want to love it. Oh, yeah, but there are okay. seams to it. Um, like NPCs repeating lines of dialogue that used to be in games you know um yeah. not skyrim but uh the one before skyrim uh elder oh, like, scrolls um, 3 i think it was yeah was that morrowind or no that was two oblivion oblivion yes thank you yeah. um you know i used to be a soldier but then i took an arrow to the knee over and over and over again that's you know, in skyrim though that line's in skyrim. yeah oh yeah well we i kind of yeah. felt like we reached a point where scripting in games uh well it's funny well, that didn't just happen as anymore you said that i realized hang on i haven't heard a repeating voice line in in a game for a long while yeah i mean from an npc like in interaction you yeah. know they're in the they're in this game and it just kind of 
the game is beautiful, and that kind of stuff just constantly takes me out of it. But um, otherwise, it's fun. It's just at 25 hours, I'm definitely getting to that ADD point where I'm like, <laughs> I just know, want to finish it so I can. Move, I just want to play something, something else. else. We have the Game Pass, you know. Uh, I've got the Xbox and the PS4 and. Mm-hmm. and have 400 games in my Steam library and they're calling to me as you sort of do the whole thing. The one thing I will yeah. say is that it has the best side quests of any game I've ever played. Okay. You know how Assassin's Creed is collect a hundred of Ben Franklin's pages and yeah. stop I mean, that's, a person... That's simplifying it a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> stop, that's actually one of them in uh Assassin's Creed, the American one, uh, Assassin's oh, okay. Creed 3 is collect. Okay, well, yeah, I haven't played that one. Yeah, That's... but I mean, it's the se- you have a certain number of side quests that are all different in this zone, but then they repeat it in five more zones. So you have to stop mm. ten purse snatchers, and you have to do this. And yeah, whatever. like early Assassin's Creed was very guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. every single, so far every single quest, with the exception of uh, clear corrupted machines. Every single quest that I've done so far in um, Horizon Zero Dawn is unique. Mm-hmm. There's one where you have to like go to these sites of mourning for the different like the different religions in the game to mm-hmm. open them back up again, so people mourning for their tribes can come back and and pray there and all of that. Like it was really interesting and unique. Um, which is bizarre because those are all different and sort of uh, driven differently, but mm-hmm. and yet those little seams that we were talking about in the game um, still kind of show themselves. The okay. during, okay. but I'm really enjoying yeah. it. I've seen I've seen lots of like um, just like vid videos of it and trailers and whatnot. I've seen it around. And I just haven't played played it yet. Yeah, but but but, uh, but it does look very very pretty, and it looks very fast. <laughs> It is. It is. Good uh, good action. Mm-hmm. Enough about games, Jack. List of shame. Yes. Uh, okay, Ian. So, first film that we watched from, from our list of shame, which you loved with a passion. <laughs> Grease from 1978, uh, directed by Randall Kleiser and based on the musical written by Jim J- Jacobs and Warren Casey. And of course, starring uh, Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta, and Stockard Channing. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Grease, the Broadway smash that made theatrical history by becoming one of the longest-running musical comedies of all time, breaks loose on the motion picture screen. I have three older sisters, Ian. So I have four. Okay. Well, so because of that, I saw this film at least a dozen times before the age of like seven. Like, I've seen this film a hell of a lot. Um, I haven't See, seen it in a long while. Hmm? I remember my sisters watching it, but I never sat yeah. through the whole thing until this time. And of course, just... it is. It, the songs are. Um, if you've never seen the movie, you will recognize songs because they are uh, karaoke go to yeah ubiquitous tunes. Yes. Not all of them, but most of them. Most. The, 
maybe beauty school dropout is the least widespread i don't know yeah. like summer loving in particular like you you know that song yeah um the first song the last song and the middle song pretty much yeah, yeah actually yeah that's a good way to put it um look i i find it very charming um even though it hasn't aged well and it's I'm going to use use a word that I often don't like using, but yeah. it's there's some problematic stuff in this, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, yeah. you know? Um, especially, like, the final scene. If you haven't seen it, basically, like, I'm going to spoil here, so yeah. skip ahead, whatever. But Sandy basically changes her whole persona to make danny like her essentially that that's the gist of it yeah and it, it's kind of it's kind of gross <laughs> yeah it's it's gross but it's like but but the film the the film itself is kind of cute though but um i was su- surprised too by how 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 a lot of it went over my uh, head as a kid like there's um it's dirty yeah yeah, like there's a reference to a gangbang. There's a masturbation joke. Uh, someone um, calls John Travolta's car the pussy wagon. No, the sin wagon. No, there's a pussy wagon what? line in there. Uh, really? The sin wagon's that. great. I love. Yeah. I love sin, sin wagon. But there, yeah, there yeah. was a line in there. Maybe I'm conflicted. I don't know. I thought someone said that in the it's song possible. about greased lightning. Or leading oh, up to the maybe. song about Grease Lightning. Um, Actually, you might be, be right there. Because um, I heard it and I was yeah. like, huh. I'm, I'm thinking about my 10-year-old sisters uh, <laughs> singing that song. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. Like, there, there is quite a lot of stuff that whoosh, went straight yeah. over my uh, head as a kid. And I saw it, saw it now. I'm like, wow, this is... This is not as in- innocent <laughs> as I thought, thought it was. Like, not even close. Look, I... I've got an appreciation for it, but in saying that, I, I concede to the fact that it might be because of the, the nostalgic thing. Like, it's a, Greece was a weird, weirdly a big part of my child childhood. Sure, I have a weird like you know you got like Freddy Krueger and Greece. That's yeah. my childhood. Like, <laughs> I think it was my least favorite musical I've ever seen. Okay, see, it's probably my favorite musical. <laughs> um, I was going to say of the ones we've watched, but mm-hmm. I really liked My Fair Lady. Oh, yeah, My my Fair Lady was really good. Yeah, yeah. that one snuck up on me where I was like, Damn, yeah. damn, damn! I've yeah, grown accustomed I, to her face. I mean, if I had to watch one of them again, it would probably be my favorite. Yeah, yeah um, we haven't watched a lot of them. The other one was Rocky Horror Picture Show, and man, which, which I, I enjoyed, even though it was strange and yeah. yeah I wouldn't say mm. I enjoyed the movie, but Tim mm-hmm. Curry in that is Incredible, worth yeah. watching over and over again. Like the thing that I might, say that's though, one of my favorite performances of anything ever. Yeah, like he he threw himself into that. Like so he, good, he embodied Frank Frankenfurter. Like, yeah. like so much so that like it's like <laughs> Tim Tim Curry took a seat for the filming of that, and Frankenfurter took over. It was incredible. Um, but here's the thing: me and musicals. See, 
the thing that brought Rocky Horror down for me was that there's barely any talking. Like, sure. there may be like 30 seconds before they burst into another song. I can handle musicals, but not when literally every single scene is a song and dance. I, for some reason, I just find it hard to follow a, follow a narrative like that. Um, yeah. See, it's interesting. Grease, to me, feels like a theater musical. Well, 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 that's what what it was. No, so. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is, there's there's very little subtlety or characterization. Everything uh, yeah. is being played for the yeah. cheap seats. It's almost so, like car- caricatures of yeah. Every know, character is dialed 1950s. up, dialed up to eleven. Like uh-huh. the Sound of Music. Uh, uh, the, the the way I would distinguish it is, you know, My Fair Lady was a stage. I believe it was a stage. Uh, yes, I think it was. I think it was a play, and then they made yeah, a, a musical out of it. My Fair yeah. Lady feels like a movie with songs. Yeah. Right, right. You know what See, I mean? I, I feel that way about Grease, though. Like, it is a and, movie with, with songs in it. That's how well, I but I mean, for me, a prerequisite for a movie is characters and subtlety and and yeah. a little bit of okay. you know yeah. not not theater on film uh i would yeah no i would agree in that like my my fair lady does more with that um, yeah. yeah and i wouldn't say my fair lady is particularly subtle it just has maybe more moments of quiet and uh a Certainly. little yeah. more intimacy um yeah whereas grace is it's very big. It's very bright. It's very also kind yeah. of. Here's the the other thing for me that uh, about Greece, and I, the, it's always weird when we're talking about like the Wizard of Oz or these things that are so <laughs> ubiquitous yeah. that a review is pointless. But I mean, I'd never yeah. sat through the whole thing before. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, a, a, like a, a major distinction, is that Greece is about will they to will these two high school students or won't they? That's right, the whole yeah. plot. And yeah. My Fair Lady has a more complicated... I mean, it's based on Pygmalion. It has a more complicated, yeah. interesting... Is he going to pull yeah. this off? Should he be able to pull this off? Yeah. How will she have r- retain her dignity after this? Yeah. You know, like there are um, complicated human themes there. It's a, it's a lot more com- compelling, whereas Greece is more just surface level... Um, kind of cheesy. Will they? Won't they? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Sound of Music deals with yeah. you know the Nazis and escaping. Uh, I think it was yeah. Austria. Uh, in the yeah, story. Austria, yeah. Um. So yeah, plot matters. And, and with, I was just so bored most of the time. <laughs> and Greece ends with them flying away in a car. The the car starts <laughs> flying, which I forgot about that, and I'm like, oh my god, the car is flying, and yeah. so that really. I don't know. Yeah, it it doesn't. Yeah, I I guess in that regard, it doesn't feel like an actual film. Um, it feels, you know, that feels like something you would see in a musical where, yeah. you know, there's a cardboard car painted mm-hmm. with a hole in it where the two actors sit. Yeah, and then they're lifted up on cables as everyone stands around yeah. cheering, like that flying car idea. Uh, is would not be unheard of in musical theater where no, it is this no, it th- sort of like there isn't a reality you're necessarily conforming to you can do things mm-hmm. like that that are a little bit 
um, and, and people just kind of go, it's musical theater, yeah. you know. Um, I, I it doesn't need to be grounded. Right, yeah. I would be curious to, to actually see the, the stage show if there ever sure. was one on. I think I, I would have more to see what they fun do with, with, it, yeah. with a stage show. Uh, but I, you I, love theater in general, though. Yeah, well, and my yeah, expectations for what I'm looking for are different between mm -hmm. a movie, which is what we're talking about, right? Uh, yeah. The things that I'm looking for in a movie are different than what I'm looking for. And I've seen... Uh, I've seen musicals on stage before and had a good time. I, I think I saw My mm -hmm. Fair Lady on stage, like uh, the Buddy Holly story. I, I've seen a number of of those. Um, but yeah, in a movie, I've seen... the way I would describe Rocky Horror Picture Show that that you're you're mm -hmm. talking about is operatic. An opera okay. is completely sung, and yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Rocky Horror is kind of a rock and roll opera. There are I've... spoken lines, but there are very few of them. I've seen Oklahoma. <laughs> I and, have not, and I don't know why. Like, well, well, I know why because um, I was offered a free ticket, and I was like, "Sure, I'll go see." I don't know any anything about it, but I'll go and see it, and it was fine for what it was. But I was like, "Oh, okay, so that's like Oklahoma." Yeah, and the other the other thing too is watching it. Um, we were talking about that Venn diagram idea. Mm -hmm. um, I totally get why someone would love that movie. Um, yeah, the stars are great. Uh, Olivia Newton-John was wonderful. I was, uh, what's her mm. name? Uh, Stalker, Stalker Channing. Channing. Yeah, she was terrific. Um, mm. Of course, that's the movie. I think that's the movie that made John Travolta or Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I think Lonnie said he was twenty-four in that. Yeah, so. the youngest of the high school students, which was hilarious. <laughs> Everybody's like thirty. Everyone, <laughs> one of them looks forty. Um, yeah. That was uh, Jeff Conway, I think, who played Kinnicky. He, he he looks a lot old. old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the, so, there are some earworm songs, but it's also a, an era uh, that I don't find particularly interesting in. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that it's, 50s it's sock 1978, era. but it's set in the fifties. So. Well, and that was another weird thing was, mm. uh, it was set in the fifties, and there's disco in the soundtrack. You know, I yeah. get, I get it. It was made I mean, in the seventies, but the, I wouldn't say blatantly disco though. I, the I the opening theme was... is blatantly disco. Yeah, but that's the opening theme yeah. though. That's there are really there are just in... disco taints. It's I would call it disco tainted. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. It has yeah, yeah. it has yeah, a disco yeah. taint. Yeah. <laughs> disco. Now there is a phrase I never thought I would hear in my, my life, but all right. That's our. That's a, that should be our new podcast. It has a disco or our uh, podcast shirt. It has a disco taint. Disco taint. Oh god. Um, what was I gonna? Where, I don't know. Disco taint just not blew it away. Yeah, but the the theme. Yes, it is very disco, but it's not necessarily in the film. It's the intro. It's the theme. Sure, um, but the uh, but the. Yeah. The the songs are not nineteen. I mean, someone who knows about theater and music would know more uh, mm -hmm. than I. Uh, the the songs are not pure nineteen fifties rock and roll. Whatever they're sort of like seen through the lens of. And I thought even the dancing had some disco influence to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, I mean the dancing, especially in Grease Light Lightning. Yeah, that had a yeah yeah. 
Thank so, I, but I mean, again, that's all of the things that we're describing are just not my thing. I, I, I yeah. not my interest. Um, yeah. So I watched it and I appreciated the great cast and the artistry mm -hmm. of it, and I went, "I'm good." I'm, I'm, I'm more or less the same, except that because of the nostalgic factor, it does have like a place in my heart. I think sure. it's charming and cute yeah. and. It well, reminds me of being, being a kid, so I appreciate that. And like most things on our list, um, it's a cultural touchstone. Uh, Jack, what was the other movie we watched? Uh, the next film we watched is The Blob from 1988. Uh, a remake of the original 1958 film. Uh, but this version uh, was directed by Chuck Russell and written by the legendary Frank Darabont. Uh, yeah. And starring Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith. If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now... Man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. So, uh, Frank Darabont is mm -hmm. really the one that kind of went on to big stuff. Uh, yeah. Frank, uh, Frank Darabont directed uh, The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and was the showrunner yeah. on The Walking Dead for the first two seasons or whatever it was. And uh, Shawnee Smith had a pretty sec uh, successful career. She was in Becca, uh, she was in Saw, and she's been in a few things. Um, even though I think I was the only one that, rec that recognized her. <laughs> um, yeah. So, this is on the list because we were going, we, when we were putting the list together, we were coming up with, uh, we included the horror genre uh, yes. when sort of well, figuring out which well no i mean i i definitely yeah. we i wanted to cover every genre including ones that yeah. i wasn't very familiar with yeah. and um the first one is kind of considered a cultural touchstone yep and um i you, and so we put both on yeah um, i made sure like like I, i'm sure it was me that put them on because um the this version the 1988 version i loved it as a kid and i wanted you to see it and then i think it's so in funny research, that you I saw this a as a kid I know, that's, that's was funny, nothing like, was like, nothing filtered <laughs> my childhood was like power rangers the lion king freddy krueger and the blob basically no like my mom i love my, my mother she was a very responsible parent but i didn't have any like no jack you you can't watch that yeah I'm saying that i wouldn't really ask i would just watch it you know yeah so, yeah yeah no um, i was i'm not criticizing your family i, I was just like no no but i agree it's very weird the stuff that like um, when i say that freddie was a big part of my childhood people are like how why am i i don't know yes was. so we watch uh these movies with two other people in our movie group mm. And there were scenes in this movie today that all four of us were yes. like, "Oh, yeah, yeah!" Like, like you don't usually get reactions like like that out out of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did for Midsummer. Mids, mids, yeah, but that Midsummer is gnarly. Holy yeah, shit! Midsummer's, yeah, Midsummer's Midsummer was harder to watch than than, than this, I think. Yeah. 
Midsummer, uh, you see someone's head get. No, just stop, Jack. Just stop. yeah. So we've we've now watched a fair number of horror movies. I I would say the mm-hmm. best horror, the best movie from that group of films that we've watched uh, is is Midsummer. It's the one that I was I found most thought provoking. That I yeah. I to me that there is a there's a an informal acid test that I have for how much a film mattered to me is am I thinking about it the next day for reasons other than shock yeah yeah look Midsummer was more emotionally compelling which just wasn't at all this yeah there's no um, emotion in this one that said the blob is the most fun I've had with any of the films in that group it was surprisingly good but um yeah Midsummer. I'm remember when we finished and I was like I'm not sure if I loved that or I hated it. <laughs> I love that experience where you don't yeah. immediately know. Yeah. But you don't you don't know if you hated it. You don't know yeah. if you loved it, but you know that there is something to know. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And and the thing is, I'm still not sure. Like I, I no, wait. I definitely know I don't hate it, but yeah. I need to watch it again. I have um, decided that I enjoyed it and I never mm-hmm. want to watch it again. <laughs> you know. See, I want to watch it again. I mean, similar to Full Metal Jacket, bag. right? I've seen that movie yeah. bizarrely like five times, and I don't consider myself a big uh, film person. Yeah. I can understand someone who loves film and loves Stanley Kubrick and the art of it and all of that. Yeah, see, I'm a big film, but film nerd. But for someone who ostensibly is watching the, uh, anything for entertainment or, or, you know, whatever the casual reasons are that we consume these things... To have watched that movie five times is, uh, that's a lot. Um, yeah, see, but anyway, I'll, The Blob. I'll definitely watch Full, full Metal Jacket again, though. Um, but yeah, The Blob. I, you know, I honestly thought I wasn't going to like it. I, I thought yeah. It, I, I thought it probably aged terribly, but it was surprisingly good and enjoyable. And, um... I love that it had this sort of B movie horror vibe, kind of like it's not. It's not like a nineteen thirties Dracula or Frank Frankenstein or um, the creature from the Black Lagoon, but but it still had I, that feeling for me. I think it feels that way because the idea of the monster is so stupid. Yeah. yeah. Right. Actually, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and let's talk. Yeah. So, yeah, the fish so. man from the Black Lagoon, kind of dumb. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, with the exception of Frankenstein and Dracula, which have gone on to, to, yeah. to whatever. To I, I think the B movie aspect, like Wolfman, is kind of a dumb idea. It, it, a man yeah. turns into a dog. What? You know. Yeah. Um, but this is a giant booger digests things as yeah. it touches them. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Right? Yeah. It- it is. It shouldn't work. <laughs> it, yeah, it it is just this gelatinous blob that that digests people, and that is a very difficult thing to make scary. I yeah. think, but they freaking nailed it, man! Like, yeah, it is really, it is creepy. It is disgusting. Um, and there are, there are some bits that are genuinely suspenseful. Like they make you feel kind of scared. Like um, the phone booth scene. I got like the photo scene was so that. good. Yeah, yeah, like so. Spoilers, uh, but what happens is a woman's in a 
um, a, a phone booth trying to call for our help. And the uh, blob, like, encases... Envelops the, entire... the phone booth. Yeah, and... and, and um, yeah, It's just creepy. It's really well done. Yeah, and um, she sees... Uh, the corpse of someone through the window the of the person phone that she's floating. She's trying, trying to call, too. being digested. Yeah, she's trying yeah. to call someone to save her, and she sees that person being digested in the blob through yeah. there. And it's yeah. so gross and That's the thing. really the horror awesome. Effects, yeah, like the horror effects are so good. Like ninety nine percent practical. Like there's a lot of stuff I don't know how they uh, did it, but yeah. it is like mo mostly practical and it reminded me of the thing like a lot so much so that i thought we it's were going to, to find very, out it was a yeah yeah it's very yeah, john carpenter we gonna, yeah i thought we were going to find out that there was um you know the same pra practical effects team but there wasn't from, from what i've seen but you i i think it's safe to, to say that they were heavily inspired by the the thing yeah there's a scene uh in the movie where uh, someone on the hospital bed is about to have their blanket pulled down. Yeah. And I immediately yeah. thought of uh, the resuscitation scene yeah. in yeah, the yeah, thing with the, with with the, the paddles. Yeah. yeah. And went, uh-oh. That's what I thought, uh, thought of. Yeah. And, and that, and I think it's that, no, no, no. It's um when the, 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 the two teen, teenagers are making out in the car. And then when he tries to grope her and he gets his hand all, like enveloped um yeah. her head like squishes in and that reminded me like straight out of the the thing squishes in i know that's a weird thing to say but that's what happens <laughs> about someone's head no less yeah like th that's what happens like yeah the practical horror effects were so good um yeah it's it, the it very much reminded me of an x-files episode um mm -hmm. The yeah, X-Files actually did an episode that was John Carpenter's The Thing. Not without mm -hmm. the gore, but the idea of, like, who is the alien and who is yeah. whatever. Um, and the ice and the, you know, sort of the, the rough bits of that. But it reminded me of a season two or season three X-Files episode. Excuse me. The government shows up uh, in town and they're trying to contain it. And, of course, you can't trust the government and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Um so it had that that flavor. I, I'm trying to figure out why I liked the movie as much as I did because I ordinarily do not go in for this kind of thing. No, no. I I went into this thinking that both you you and Lani were gonna hate it. I, yeah. I really thought thought, thought that because I'd seen this as a kid, but I didn't remember a lot of it. I just remember it being very gory, which it is. Yeah, a lot of you hear. Um, a lot of people watch horror movies for the kills. Mm -hmm. They say, they say, like the, the, the yeah. you know, the, 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 no one watches Friday the 13th for the dialogue between the campers. No. They're watching yeah, and to see the campers get taken down. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never gone in for that. I've never, you know... Uh, you like story and connection and yeah. all that stuff. And, and there yet, are some horror movies that do have that, but typically no that's not what you go to a horror movie for. yeah i don't so i don't know why i but there's a little more care given to setting up this town and the people and the characters and yeah. sort of what their motivations are yeah a little bit more but um, i would just say that like i thought 
like the dialogue in in particular was really bad i yeah between two, the two leads in the yeah. uh, every time they talk uh the, whole, the the movie hits the wall and the overall story i won't say it's bad but it's just very 80s like it's yeah, very well typical cliche 80s yeah I um i mean this is slither this is yeah. uh it, you know what it, it reminded me of was outbreak uh it's not with the with the pandemic um, yeah the dustin monkey. dustin hoffman the monkey yeah. were like pandemic hits the town and the town gets blocked off and the government yeah. traps everyone there oh uh, yeah you know and the pandemic is but in this case instead of the pandemic it's the blob that's killing off yeah all the people in town actually yeah there's very similar vibes but yeah trying to trap the blob in the sewer and they were gonna uh, lock some innocent pe- people in there and yeah. yeah it has a a pandemic film kind of flavor and I, that might be why the other thing too that i i hit on when we were uh talking about it after is that it kind of the blob is an alien it reminds yeah. i mean for all intents and purposes he is it, a he i'm characterizing nothing <laughs> as it it literally crashes down to earth in a meteor, like in yeah. um, li- listening to fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it has no face, no eyes, no characteristics. Doesn't, talk. doesn't commu- communicate. It's, it just it's, moves it's around. It's not an- anthropomorphic at all. Yeah, not at it's, all. it's it's just, just a, it's literally a blob. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it the way it moves, it sort of billows and has different layers to it that are and really cool. Flows. The and movie, like it does, it does chase people, so it does have some sort of con- consciousness, but there's no characteristic in yeah. Any sense. It's it's an amoeba that eats things, yeah, um, and it moves quickly. But the uh, the movie also yeah. you 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 mentioned the word gelatinous, and I would have used yes. the word kind of fluid because I think gelatinous gives the wrong impression that the movie plays well, on with a cut. There's a fluid. cut. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's a cut in the movie where uh, the blob has first attacked someone, and it cuts to a little kid sucking Jello off a plate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's we all such, like, oh. it's such a good cut because it, it plays on yeah. our our feelings of uh, the blob and what it Horses. is and all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really. I had a lot of fun with it. I've never gotten yeah. into kills or any of that stuff but i think because it felt like an alien it was more of a science fictiony kind of overtones to it it was kind of more my jam than someone with a knife or guns yeah yeah i think it's far more fun than your typical like slasher film you know like halloween or whatever like it's it's a lot more fun whereas like you don't really watch a Halloween or a Nightmare on Elm Street for fun. Well, actually, no. You you could watch Nightmare on Elm Street for fun simply being because Freddy's such a, a wise crack cracking asshole. But um, the thing I enjoyed about this too is more or less every scene with the blob is shocking in some way. Like surprisingly so. You yeah. Know. Like there's a uh, one scene where where a guy's got a plunger and he's trying to unblock this uh sink and he sticks his hand hand down pull pulls it out and he's got like some of the uh blob on his fingers and all of a sudden it shoots up out of the uh drain wraps around his head and pulls him down the drain like literally like pulls him into the drain like it's there's a there's a shot where it cuts back and there's just three limbs sticking up 
out of yeah. the sink, a hand and it, like one of his legs and yeah. uh, something else. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, some something like that in an eighties film, you would probably picture. Uh, that that probably looks terrible. You would think, but but no, it looks surprisingly yeah. convincing. Like yeah. it, it's really well done. Um, for 1988, anyway. Um, yeah, there's a there's like a mid tier for this kind of thing where it's yeah. convincing enough, and I would say that yeah. it doesn't look rubber. Yeah, like you can you you can still tell it's fake. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't it's... I wouldn't call it gritty. Then there's the midsummer no. level where it's like yeah. this looks like I'm watching a snuff film, a snuff film. on yeah. the screen. <laughs> You know, and this is not that, and maybe that's part of the line for me yeah. where I'm like, Ugh. okay. You know, yeah, I, I have no idea. Can, there's a level of deep detachment and and disbelief with with a film like this because, like, um, mid midsummer, I mean, could happen in real life, whereas sure. this this couldn't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it just felt like it felt a little gremlinsy. It had that flavor a little yeah, bit of the 1980s. Definitely. It has the yeah. bad composite and green screen work here and there. Towards the end, I think Lauren said, and this is where they ran out of money. And yeah. yeah. That's pretty much, yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, and I would say the most shocking scene was down in the uh, sewer. Um, Shaw, yeah. Shawnee Smith's char- character has uh, two little little brothers, and she's leading them through the uh, sewer, trying to get out of there. And they're 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 up to their uh, waist in uh, water, and all of a sudden the the blob appears, grabs one of her uh, brothers, and pu- pulls him under. She she dives down, and us as the audience, we think, oh, okay, she is she is going to reemerge with her uh, brother. No, no, she can't. Comes back up, and then then a second later. Her brother's half-digested di- body <laughs> pops up for a second and comes straight back down. It is genuinely it is sh- shocking. Messed up, and you watch and, that as a kid. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I turned out fine, I think. I agree. I agree. I'm just shocked. <laughs> uh, I didn't really, but shh. No. Um, and and yeah, this is like a, a eight, nine, ten year old boy, and usually children of that age do not die in these kind, kinds of films. Yeah, but, uh, the kids never die. The kids are yeah, are usually the never. ones that survive by the end. But to, so to yeah. see like a nine year old get digested yeah. on screen was and it's <laughs> kind of funky. So disgusting! It looks so <laughs> gross. And. It it was awful, gory, disgusting, and I freaking love it. Yeah, love it was it, so it was much. a lot of fun. I I don't understand yeah. why completely, uh, but I had a lot of fun <laughs> with it. I was very surprised because, like you said, that like like twenty minutes in, you you're like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every cool. every cutaway to the monster moving and all those layers and and the way it billowed mm-hmm. and stuff, I was like, oh, neat. You know. And I kind of started engaging with it on that level, uh, on a set PC kind of. It was one of those things where you could enjoy the artistry of it, I guess. That's kind of a big part of it too, is the entire time I'm watching, I'm thinking about the makeup. I'm thinking about how did they do that? How did they pull that off? Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that rather than maybe that's the line, you know, where you get sucked into like, I'm watching a person get slaughtered on screen that I cared um, about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand horror, my relationship to horror. Like if, if, if the amazing practical effects weren't in this, there's not a lot else to enjoy about it. Really? Yeah. I mean, 
the dialogue's terrible. The story's very basic '80s cliche. Um, it's not boring though. You know, no. uh, I've watched Friday uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and whenever yeah, Friday is not on screen, I'm yeah. bored. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. I'm actually not like like I do have a Jason Voorhees uh, figure, but. I'm not a huge, huge fan of those uh, films in, yeah. in general, but I do like Jason as a character. They got a little better as they went on, but the first couple are boring. Like, really, yeah. really boring. Yeah, the, uh, this tries to set up some things in the opening that pay off later on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there was some thought paid to structure. Yeah, and how so, uh, the events, not the monsters specifically, but how yeah. events with some of the characters were going to pay off later on, and I appreciated yeah. that. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm singing the praises of the Blob. It's not <laughs> a, an incredible movie. It's no, like I, it wouldn't even be probably in my top fifty favorite yeah. films. But, yeah, but um, we're we're talking yeah. about the benefit, as we said during the the uh, movie night. We're talking about the benefit of rock bottom yeah. expectations yeah. well i think that was that was part of it too because um after we finished what watching a film we spend 10 15 minutes dis- discussing it and one of the thing thing things i said was just that that um like like we went in with such low expectations that we were just like oh actually no this is kind of kind of kind of okay much better than i thought it was gonna be yeah 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 i just think it's really funny that i didn't enjoy greece but uh, the Blob from 1988. Like, if I was gonna pick one for you to like, like I thought you were gonna find Greece kind of cute, but I you, was you so didn't. bored. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, oh, it was great. Now, if John Travolta had been digested by a giant booger on screen, maybe <laughs> I would have been interested. Yeah, Danny Zuko is kind of a dick. Yeah. 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 Kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, I like that. It was also tropey. Like it, that's that's fine. I didn't even have a problem with. It was tropey. I'm surprised that it deals with um, teenage pregnancy and all of that. But yeah, but it it just is so. It, it, that is my experience of musical theater. Is just mm-hmm. big, loud, um, yeah. characters and and just easy to follow. Um. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so that. Well, I mean, uh, so was, so I I, I, I wasn't holding that against it the entire time. I just yeah. like I never no, was I, I never uh, was interested. But there yeah. are yeah there there are a couple of lines in songs like. Um, what's the line in the summer loving song? Did she did she put up a fight? Yeah, yeah, and um the guys say did you get very far and yeah, yeah. it's it's. It's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get very far, fine. You know, like, did you guys have sex or what? Like, I yeah. can picture I mean, that's that very teenage boy, isn't it? Yeah. But, but like, yeah. did she put up a fight is something different. And I, I realized, like, I don't know. Like, we don't need to get into it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you already know what we're trying to yeah. say here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the big one that we were building up to uh for a while is i did a complete rewatch of the mcu i did did not and i've been wanting to do it for a while but i no. just didn't it was pretty good it was uh we talked we've talked about it previously but um yeah 
I took a long enough break between Marvel movies that, um, and you know, found ways to enjoy the ones that um, I was so so on before. That mm-hmm. it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I did the chronological rewatch where you start with Captain America that's, and then you that's do the one I'm gonna gonna do because yeah. like release it's kind of all over the place like trying to get the references yeah. and whatnot. Watching yeah. Captain Marvel second uh, was really great because yeah. you understand why she's been gone the entire time and mm. um, you know the little setups and payoffs in that are. Are fine. I, I don't love that yeah. movie, but they're you no, know they're still fine. So we watched WandaVision. Uh, it really doesn't need an introduction, yeah. does it? I mean, it's it's MCU uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Um. Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight time. Wanda and Vision. Oh, we have five pets. This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, so in uh, Avengers Infinity War, Wanda had to kill Vision. Mm-hmm. In order to just destroy the Mind Stone, it's, uh, so yeah. Thanos couldn't get it. Uh, Thanos used the Time Stone to bring him back, mm-hmm. and then and killed, killed him, him again in, in front of her. In front of her, yeah. just And that death in the, um, the movie is unceremonious. Oh yeah, uh, it is. Sho- it's a little shocking, you know. You're watching a robot is. die, and it is yeah. somehow shocking it's, and callous. I think it's Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bet- Bettany's um, performances there that really sell it well. Yeah, and even uh, Josh Brolin as Thanos. Yeah. yeah, she kills him, and he, it, the music plays in this very noble thing, and there's a big mm. sacrifice and whatever. Yeah. And Thanos just undoes it with the Time Stone, and. Mm. Um, and then plucks it out of his head in this ugly, grisly way, and and that's yeah. how the whole thing goes. By the way, we probably should have led with spoilers for the entire uh, MCU. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know We're if you want to. We're probably going to discuss broad spoilers. Here <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Well, those were MCU. those were major spoilers. But yeah, spoilers for the entire MCU and for all of WandaVision. Um, yeah. If you hadn't seen uh, Avengers: Infinity War yet, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, uh, but I mean, our bad. We probably have though. Like our yeah. audience probably has seen. If they want to see it, they probably have. Yeah. So Wanda gets blipped, and uh, she comes back. She almost destroys Thanos, and then he uh, mm-hmm. uh, fights her off. And then the end of the movie, we don't know what happens. WandaVision no, picks no. up, and the first three episodes of the show. Wanda and Vision are living inside of 1950s and 1960s yeah. sitcoms. And you, and you don't really know why. You don't really know what's going on. And I had that and that experience watching it. I'm like, okay, this is cute and charming and I love it, but what the hell is this? And how does this fit into the, the MCU? Yeah. Each episode has a hint of some self-awareness on their yeah. part. 
whether it's yeah, the way the episode you ends. You see the cracks. Yeah, there's there. A character has a moment. It's usually Wanda has a moment of pause or reflection or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then and they start off very very subtle too. Right. They start off subtle, and then episode four reveals what's happening. Yep. And then we go to episode seven, which is the big emotional behind-the-scenes kind of um, mm-hmm. explanation for the whole thing. And then episode yeah. eight is the finale. Yeah. Uh, and the last the last two episodes are really where it uh, drives it home. And, yeah. Uh, all the payoff is, shall, shall we say. So, Jack, when you presented this mm-hmm. to me... The yeah, way, yeah, do you because, remember how you presented it? Um, what do you mean? Like, yeah? You oh. said when... You reminded me that I had uh, said, we're watching The Good Place. Yes. And I made you watch every episode of The Good Place with me. Yes, right? yes, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, um, that's... So oh, you, yeah, that's... More or less the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it by by myself, and mm-hmm. the last two episodes, especially the uh, finale, broke me into a tiny million pieces. So yeah. I messaged Ian, and I'm like, "We're we're watching one one division." Yeah. And I I didn't g- give you the option. I literally, I literally said, "We're we're watching one division," because I wanted you to be broken into a tiny million pieces with me. <laughs> well, um, uh, so tell me what you think of the show. Give me I your mean, give me your review. Whoa, put on the spot here. No, um, I honestly, I, I, I loved it. Um, I, yeah, I think it's um, I won't say flawless, but close to it. I would say. Um, I think the sitcom stuff is done really, really well. Um, and from what I've read, they they uh, went all all out to achieve that. Um. A bunch of the uh, cast went to like a sitcom boot camp of mm. sorts when they learned how to just play that stuff. Um, I'm not sure of the details of that. It's just uh, something I saw in an interview, I think, with well, uh, Elizabeth here, Olsen. Here's the thing I loved about I love the sitcom bits too. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I loved about them is that those could have been very uh, wink-wink. Yeah, they like, Vision falls over a chair... And then looks yeah. at the camera and goes, my wife, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and if it had been just that, it, and there is some of that, but if it had been just that, yeah. it would have been very tedious to watch 90 minutes uh, uh, with the first three episodes of yeah. just, yeah. so instead, I felt like what they did was they wrote episodes of those shows. That yeah. were entertaining yeah. and a little bit captivating yeah. in the way that those shows would have been. Um, right, right. And also, you know. from what I from what I've read, too, the first couple of uh, episodes were filmed in front of a live audience. So, yeah, which is cool. Like, so given that, and given that they went to like a, a sitcom boot boot, boot camp, I, I feel like they really were striving for a sense of authenticity with it. They really. Mm. It, it they wanted to make sitcoms really rather rather than like the MCU doing doing a sitcom if that yeah. if that makes sense um there's and I think the authenticity does does come come across like it's very convincing yeah, they they wanted to make the thing they didn't want to try to emulate it or whatever. to emulate the thing yeah yeah, yeah. and I and they do a wonderful job of it um mm-hmm. 
you know, the, there's a modern family. Uh, yeah, Ma- uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Episode Malcolm in the Middle, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, sla- um, um, Bewitched, I think, at one point. The, yeah. And it's... Yeah, I, um, I love Lucy. And they all feel kitschy and cute and entertaining in that way. The modern yeah. family one feels like... Uh, uh, oh, and uh, not Facts of Life. Uh, the one with Michael Keaton. Not oh, Michael Keaton. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox. You Michael know, J. Fox. Family ties. Family ties. Yeah, there's yep. a fam- there's a Family Ties one in there. Mm-hmm. They they all feel like you know you can watch Family Ties and some of the jokes yeah. still land like yeah. um, especially if you have yeah. the nostalgia for it. Um, yeah. They all feel like kind of self contained episodes yeah. of that. And then on the top there is this thing going on with right. uh, the leads. Yeah, and the way it works is it sort of um, each episode ad- advances through television history. I guess you could say. Yeah, um, she moves forward sort of, a decade. And it, yeah, yeah, it's it's like an accelerated time so timeline until we pretty much get to the modern day. Um, yeah, um, oh, it's just oh, there's so much to unpack with this show, Ian. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I think. Um, so basically, what happens is wanda um so she she ends up so spoilers of of course she ends up creating a fake universe for her to live in which is you, you know the tv show where vision is alive and she she has and, and you know she eventually has a family family and all, and all this stuff and um it's like it's like a and and they call it the hex. Every, every, everything within this universe is in the hex. And 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 the hex, more or less, is a manifestation of her uh, grief, um, which very much has uh, Dark Willow vibes. Um, oh, hugely, yeah, yeah. But I would say the differentiation for me is that Willow chooses to go on this war war path, whereas Wanda, like the hex forms as a byproduct of her uh, grief because she goes to um she she goes to this lot that her and vision had purchased to yeah. build the house and live, live live together and she has this massive um beautifully played moment where where she drops to her knees and starts crying and all of a sudden <coughs> the hex just basically bursts out, out of her it was kind of accidental in that sense yeah it's pretty cool i I think it's debatable whether or not she knows what she's doing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are there there are a couple of events during the series, um, and it's relevant because mm-hmm. there there are a couple of events during the show where she pops out of the illusion for a moment in order to preserve the illusion. So they fly a drone in, the drone uh, attacks the family, Mm -hmm. cut to a shot of the military compound outside, and Wanda walks out in the outfit from Infinity War, throws the drone on the ground, and threatens everyone there and tells Mm -hmm. them to leave her alone. Yeah, so at one point, like, she does obviously become self-aware of what's going on. Um, Yeah, well, I mean... Or was self-aware the entire time? I mean, does it influence your perception of the... I mean, not in the... I agree that the moment where she's kneeling in the... um, The lot. The lot, and everything sort of explodes out of her. Like, that is a moment of... uh, Yeah, that that seems completely accidental. Yeah, that is a moment of, of... 
trauma and all of that, but um, mm-hmm. and she 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 seems to have like dissociative episodes in in the thing, where yeah. people bring up um, her brother or whatever. But like the yeah. the bit where um, uh, Agent Rambo uh, talks about your brother was killed by Ultron, and yeah. as Agent Rambo breaks through her uh, glamour. Yeah. Uh, that Wanda has put on everyone. Mm-hmm. Wanda it picks her up and expels her from the hex. Like Violent, literally, like violently expels her, her from <laughs> from the hex. Rebuilds the hex mm-hmm. and then goes on. Yeah. Um. That to me indicates she's aware. She knows that, like aware enough. At that point, she yeah. She obviously has has become aware of of what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, she. She becomes com- complicit in it then, of course. Yeah. I, Vision uh, has... Uh, talk about comparisons to Willow. Mm-hmm. Vision's mind has been wiped and he can't remember. And he's begging her <gasps> for his memories. How did I miss that? And oh, my she God. refuses and walks out of the room. Like, yeah. there is a lot wow. of the show... In which the, uh, Wanda is playing the role of abuser, mm. to the point where, at the end of the episode, or at the at the end of the series, as she's walking away, I mean, the mm. townspeople variously break yeah. through their their. Uh, yeah, because um, it's an entire town that she takes over. It's a real town, and all of these pe- people are kind of un- under her uh, spell. It's like. They are there, that but they are below the surface and can't control Yeah, I mean, themselves. one woman says, like, please, could you just let my child out? He's been locked in his room for two weeks because he's not a part yeah. of the story that yeah. she has created. So she is torturing, emotionally mm. and mentally torturing the, this town full of people. Yeah. And whenever the point was, whether it was immediately or an episode or two into the show, where she knew yeah. what was happening and didn't At try and stop it. At some point, she does become com- complicit in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, now, there's, because of that, one or two moments don't play to me. Okay. Uh, Agent Rambo at the end saying, they'll never know what you gave up. As the, the, the townspeople are glaring at Wanda as she's walking through the town and leaving, Agent Mm -hmm. Rambo says, they'll never know what you gave up. And And she says, it doesn't matter. They still hate me. I'm like, yeah. What she, what she gave up? I mean, yeah. She gave up two what kids you... that didn't exist. Yeah. And a um, uh, vision, the the the, the, the memory of vision. vision. Yeah. But torturing the entire town for however long that was happening by locking them away and brainwashing them. I'm, like I'm th- not that lo- the way the way agent rambo between that and that moment though the like, way what? agent rambo delivers that line okay uh it, it is so, does not take into account the well, the way the events paint wanda's character and well, like it's uh, like she's ba- she's 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 basically saying like yes they are uh, hate you because they don't understand what like like why you did it and and what you gave up to let them them go and i don't i I, personally don't have a problem with that but but we do 
yeah. know what she gave I mean, up, and I still think I it was messed a, up what she did. I have, oh yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. I think so too, but I don't have have a problem with with that moment. I don't think I, I'm just saying that that, that line plays strangely, where it's like not torturing the town is this moment of sacrifice because they because she had to give something up. It's like no, 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 but, no, no. But no, it no. kind of is though. Like she's giving up the man that she loves, even, even though it's not not real. But she is. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm no. She should. She should have let them them go. I, sure. I get. I get the emotion. I'm completely hooked emotionally. I'm. I'm building to yeah. something here. Like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm completely hooked emotionally. What I'm saying is that. What she gave up doesn't justify any of that, and like, no, a, and no, like no. It, it tempers see, it tempers my empathy for her in okay. that context. It's like see, no, no, necessarily... no. The townspeople deserve to kick her out of there. Sure. Yeah. But I don't think that that scene is trying to do that, though. It's not trying to to justify what she uh, did. It's just recognizing what she was sacrificing. You know. Um, Do you you understand what I'm what 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 I'm trying trying to say? I don't think in that moment the show wasn't saying, "Oh, well, it's okay. Feel sorry for her." um, Not torturing people so that you can feel better doesn't seem like a sacrifice to me. Yeah, but I don't think that's really what the show is trying to say with that I, scene. I don't think that is what they're trying to say, but I, I think that, that that scene doesn't understand completely the events as they happened and the way they paint Wanda's character. Her line see, see, her line specifically is all I'm saying. Okay, I, I read it dif- dif- differently, but, but, yeah. but I get where you're going with that. My point with all of that is, like, I don't actually care. Like, the fact that mm-hmm. Wanda... Uh, Wanda is the bad guy in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I need there, to ding my mic. I apologize a, for the sound. There is a villain as such, but... But yeah. not really. Not, not really, yeah. <coughs> yeah um, uh, we'll get to Agatha in, in a minute. But the, the thing yeah. is, like... The fact that Wanda uh, does evil in this episode, to me, plays very much like dark willow in season six in yeah. like yeah and i completely get her motivations and i f- i feel empathy for her mm. while still wanting justice for you know if anything i think it's more interesting because willow did horrible horrendous things to and it was completely of her own free free will too. well yeah willow did uh horrible horrendous well we're debating whether or not wando she, well, wa- was acting with free will in this and i, I think well, she was thing. no but in the beginning willow chose to absorb all of that dark dark magic whereas wanda it seemed to be a manifest uh, like a literal manifestation of her uh, grief i mean in the moment when she's holding tara in her arms and her eyes turn mm-hmm. red yeah. she like that moment lasts a little bit longer and she absor- it's the same th- it, like to me yeah. they're incredibly oh, yeah, the same similar yeah, um, yeah 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 there are a lot of par- parallels like yeah a lot. it's passion and rage motivated yeah um, and, and it's grief yeah if anything the thing i appreciate about what wanda it's they're very similar stories the thing i appreciate about what wandavision did is that it had the guts for Willow to do bad things to good people, or uh, for Wanda to do bad things to good people. You know, like I feel Whereas, like I feel like the arc in season six is a little afraid 
to let yeah, Willow go cause... to a place where they may not, the audience may not allow her back. Yeah, because she only, like, she kills Warren and tries to kill Andrew and And Jonathan. we hate Warren. Yeah. Warren is yeah. the most deplorable character in the series by yeah. a long shot. And she kills Rack, who's a drug dealer that is uh, yeah, she dealing drugs and... and I, I mean, at most she kills... Or at best, I should say, she kills morally gray characters right. and like Rack. The thing that's interesting about WandaVision is like when you're talking about deeply a deep trauma and manifest of grief in this way and all of that, it's like that's not how things go. Sometimes, right. as someone who's suffered from vice for 20 years, you do harm to the people you care the most about. I mean, Absolutely, not deliberately, yeah. not and by pe- choice. And the people that love you. Yeah. yeah. And and while there's some verbal sparring between Buffy and, and uh, Dawn and Dark Willow, mm-hmm. eh. Oh, and Giles and she have the actual I fight. Mean, but they're superheroes, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, Willow in particular is very mean to uh dawn in particular like she she monks like eh, buffy like yeah yeah like she's yeah. very one, so mean. one moment of like high school scorn yeah you know from this woman so powerful she can end the world yeah eh, what? I mean, i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm i'm not like i'm just saying i appreciated that about wandavision i appreciated yeah. that that they that that the show went there you know like is mm-hmm. it okay does that does that i think that you can have compassion and empathy for wanda and still mm-hmm. acknowledge that the things that she did were abusive and messed sure. up oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know and, I mean? and i'm i'm 100 percent on that page with you like yeah. one 100 i just um and, and yeah like this show you could nitpick it you could say oh why isn't such and such there helping out blah 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 but I don't care because I love what this show does and, and what it ha- has to say about grief and loss. Um, yeah, the emotional, I, the emotional stuff absolutely did it for me. And I think like we get yeah. bogged down in nitpicks when the thing doesn't make an emotional connection to you. you exactly, know? exactly. Um, and even though it has this like superhero science fictiony motif. It per- portrays like grief and, and loss in such a, a poignant and relatable way. I yeah. think I loved the structure of it. I loved um, uh, the uh, the specifically that episode seven where yeah. oh. things kind of uh, we, where kind we of get, get the, the flashback tour. to um, yeah. Is it Ultron? Um, we got the the flashback to where is where is that in the series? I forget. Uh, pre-Ultron um, and then uh, post-Ultron. Yeah, um, the scene where her and Vision are talking in the compound. That's, that's Civil War-ish oh, era. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that is beautiful. broke me. <laughs> yeah. She and Paul... Uh, uh, what's the actress's Paul name? Paul Bettany and... Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen have terrific chemistry. Oh, yeah. They're um, wonderful. I think Elizabeth Olsen is wonderful in it. Catherine Hahn? Oh, she steals the show. Catherine she Hahn. is oh. the most captivating person on screen whenever she's on screen. She steals. Uh, to me, she steals every scene. You know what she is? Absolutely. She is a poison mm-hmm. juice box 
that is fun to have on screen oh, the whole time. Yeah, she's yeah. a pat. I made empanadas in my Spanish class tonight. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, somehow she takes that. There's a falsity to that personality where where they're too cheerful, they're too mm-hmm. whatever. And ordinarily, I find that grating. Like the pats, mm-hmm. I think the the pats can be grating characters but she is so captivating i particularly Um, loved her in the early sitcom stuff because she just does it in such a charming way the voice and the cadence and the movements like she just sells it so well and she's just um, like 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 you said she steals every scene she's in even later on like like in the finale when she's like batting out because spoiler again she she ends up being the yeah. the antagonist kind of kind um, of it's a um yeah. it's a mandarin situation kind of yeah like we think yeah, the mandarin is. is the bad guy but in this case yeah. um it turns out that wanda is is the mm. bad guy and you know couldn't put the brake didn't realize the torture uh that mm. she was imposing and couldn't put the brakes on until the end mm. um supposedly yes it's it's the thing is what i'm saying is that one it's challenging even if she even if she knew i still find it all deeply interesting i think willow's uh story in season six yeah is deeply interesting but um but it is morally complicated and yeah difficult like the the mcu movies have rarely gone to this place there's a very a buffy oh. thing that wandavision oh, yeah. did where it, it reminds me of buffy a lot like, yeah this the, i think is the most emotional the mcu has gone really and i mean one of the ways that I, I think one of the 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 i read x-men growing up and i read batman and i think one of the things mm-hmm. that that comic books can do is kind of like give you a safe and and fanciful realm to grapple with real world topics Mm -hmm. like the x-men deals with um discrimination uh yeah you know that was that was the whole point of it in the beginning Um, yeah feeling like a social um, outcast and all of that The mutants were supposed to be like representative of um it just yes, yeah, social outcasts, um, yeah. um, disabled, gay stuff like that, and a lot of that is stripped out of the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. Tony Stark is an alcoholic in yeah. uh, the comics, and and there are um, stretches that deal with that aspect of things. And there's one scene in Iron Man Two mm-hmm. uh, where he gets drunk once, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They never really deal with. Um, those kinds of things i love iron man 3 because they um tony has ptsd that's my favorite of them yeah yeah, yeah uh really the, liked, liked it too. a lot of people did it didn't though strangely yeah um, uh, yeah really and the ptsd it. is kind of dealt with a little quickly and unrealistically it, but it's, it's very abrupt but yeah. for the first 70 percent of that movie it's just interesting to see these superhero care the superhero character grappling mm-hmm. with something that we all do with trauma yeah, with a scar stuff. with pain and whatever yeah. but then it kind of goes away and other than that i'm running through the list in my i don't think there is i mean Civil in war kind of bucky has one line mm. uh those things you did all those years ago it wasn't you i know but i did it yeah 
That's yeah. it. And, the rest of it also, is. I mean, Tony too. Like Cap says, um, he he doesn't remember, and Tony's like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, he um, killed my mom. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Like I I, I think Civil War. I I would put Civil War on the list. Spider Man has some of those like high school insecurity ideas, yeah. uh, playing with that, wanting to fit in, yeah. uh, wanting to be normal, um, which is a big part of Peter Parker's character. Yeah. I'm trying uh, to think of others like Ragnarok is just fun. There's not much in Ragnarok. Um, yeah, but this is trauma. This yeah, is actual human trauma. Consequences yeah. of what ha- what the the terrible things that have happened to her repeatedly, mm. and how she grapples with them does damage, and then tries to figure out the way forward. And I yeah. think the show, accident, uh, accidentally or on purpose, makes Wanda the most interesting MCU character. And they did it in in what like 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 fourish hours. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that is what I'm really loving about Marvel these days. So they've spent over a decade now doing the legwork to give us this like this living breathing universe and because they have done that work they now have had the ability to tell any story that that they want with within this universe yeah. and i love that um they're now starting to give um characters that are otherwise in in the background like their moment in the sun their their time to shine like um they they started it with uh, Thor in in uh, Rag- Ragnarok because like Thor did have his, his own films but they weren't that good and well Ragnarok least... is a subversion of those first two films yeah. that only works if those first two films exist true yeah but like for me personally though it's just I didn't care much about Thor until Rag- Ragnarok yeah. and then um they're doing it now with uh Sam and Bucky in Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, which I haven't watched have... yet no spoilers. I've only seen one one episode. Um, yeah. you, you know we have the Black Widow film coming up because because we haven't got a, a a lot of fleshing out of Nat e- either, and we've also got like the Loki series coming up. I just love that we are now getting a chance to see these um these other characters and getting them more more fleshed out. And I agree with you. Like Wanda, in like four hours, became one of the most interesting ca- characters in the entire mcu and and now she is one of my favorites like i yeah i I love her i mean it's i i just think that the mcu has kind of skewed our percent like not every superhero is superman it's funny like i say that because superman is considered the goody goody perfect whatever the archetype i'm talking about the non-zack snyder superman you know superman is a paragon um yeah not yeah. every not every uh, superhero is a, is a paragon, and I think Buffy is a show about superheroes yeah. uh, in in conventional times making mistakes and doing yeah. damage and screwing yeah. things up and having to figure things out yeah. and move forward. And Whereas that's the what classical makes it... Superman. He's just good. There's yeah. no com- confusion yeah. there or and morally I... gray areas. And Wanda does some things that. I mean, the bit where Vision is begging for his memories and she yeah. refuses and rolls credits over him yeah, uh, is 
dark stuff. Yeah. You know, but mm. so is that scene where Willow wipes Tara's mind. It you is, know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to draw a comparison for anyone who has objected to the material mm. based on the fact that Wanda is not particularly heroic in the whole thing. And I think that that I think she kind of is though. I would not I don't think she's I, I, I don't think it's a superhero story in the slightest. I no, think it's... no, no, it's not that. But what what I mean more is is she does the right thing by the end. She does the right it's... thing by the end, uh, yeah. which is but yeah. what but the right not... thing in this case is to stop doing the bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not superhero-y, though. It's right. not Superman saving the world. Yeah, no, I yeah, and, I, and the whatever they're hinting at with the you're the Scarlet Witch, yeah, uh, which I think it's funny. Like it took ten years. I think if the MCU had started with magic, it wouldn't be where mm. it is today. You've got that justification okay. in Thor of, you know, you'll 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 kind called it magic. What you call magic, we call science. You know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. which is just ridiculous. But they had to have that line to sort of like to melt soften the, the comic book motifs yeah. for the normies. Mm-hmm. They're throwing that out the window now. You've got hexes, yeah. there's actual magic, and witches, yeah. and all of yeah. that. And I'm here for um, it. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think um, uh, Wanda is going to be in the upcoming Doc, Doctor Strange. Um, Doctor Strange uh, and the Multiverse of Madness. And the Multiverse of Madness. Called. I hope yeah. she's so the bad that. guy. I And I think there is a case for that. Look, Look, I found... Because um, there is a post-credit scene in the finale, and I find it confusing. Um, we go into a cabin, and Wanda's there, and she's got like like an astral projection of of herself reading some book that looks like the the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. It's, it's the and, book Agatha had uh, that oh, describes yeah, what right. the Scarlet Witch is. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh, her eyes are glowing red. So I mean, it could go in in the way she could be. Yeah. And Agatha guy. says that the Scarlet Witch ends the world or something like that, or brings chaos something to like the world. That. Yeah. That would be great. Like I'm, I'm mm. all for it. I think it would be a lot of fun because I love. Yeah. We all love Willow's arc. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Willow's arc yeah. is built up over the sea. I mean, that's the thing is you yeah. a TV show has fewer characters and more episodes to build right. up these arcs yeah and so i get people who are like when wanda and vision were kissing in infinity war in the opening i was like eh yeah but then by the end you're like oh (laughs) yeah Yeah. i just Um, feel you (laughs) and then oh the scene where she goes to get vision's body and she she Uh, was like i can't feel you oh this because I, I, this resonated with me emotionally so freaking much, and yeah. Wanda resonated with me so much that I would hate it. Look, I'd be okay with her being a villain in Doctor Strange, but I would hate it if she she dies, if she doesn't get to have have no some, one... some sort of redemption. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be bad. I, I, I'm saying that subjectively, for me, it would crush me because yeah. I feel such an emotional resonance there. Yeah, no, one in, the, she no died, one in the MCU know? is ever truly dead, of course. But I get what, well, that's yeah, true. I, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. So there, I would say that I mm-hmm. liked it, but I didn't love it. 
And the reason okay, so why, what held you back? The reason why I didn't love it is because um, the all of the military stuff feels every time Vision or uh, Agatha or um, Wanda are on screen together, it's mm-hmm. a joy. Mm-hmm. Everything outside of the hex feels superfluous and tedious. The reason why it exists is okay. so that there can be a mystery. But it needed, but I think the show needed that. And look, I personally, I enjoyed Jimmy Woo and I enjoyed um, Darcy. Like they, I, I they were, they were individually entertaining, but mm-hmm. the, the arc of the series doesn't need them in the slightest. They are there to provide exposition into the hex. But, but how would you explain the hex then? Agatha tells her, this is what's going on. So you don't find out until the end? You don't have to structure it like a mystery. The whole show didn't have to hide the premise from the beginning. She goes goes there, looks at the land, emotions explode out of her, boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay, so so you're saying the show tells us what is happening from the beginning. It just doesn't show all of that in flashback. It just picks things up chronologically. I like the mystery structure, but I think the problem with it is, like, there are four characters that essentially end up doing nothing. Darcy Mm -hmm. disappears. She's, uh, Vision's in the truck with her. He leaves. We never see her again. I mean, I see what you're saying. I just, I didn't have, have a problem with any of that stuff. Yeah, no, I understand. It just was like, um, to me, it, it, it's vastly less in, interesting than Inside the Hex. But it sucked focus it. away from what I was principally, every time we yeah. were going into Rambo's backstory, I was mm. like, something's missing. Like, why? Yeah. I, I don't know what was missing, but she just never landed like. Uh, Wanda or Vision or any of those, yeah. and I, you know, um, but I agree with you. I guess it could have been done differently. It could have just, just it didn't have to be being a mystery. We could have known about the uh, hex from the beginning. But I liked the reveal. Like I was shocked. I was like, oh wow, that's what's going on. Like yeah, the mystery, the mystery structure it. was fun. It was a fun mm. way to do it. I just think that it ended up. She discovers mostly what's going on from Agatha. And then, so Rambo's role in all of this is to say, Wanda, you need to stop. But it doesn't actually yeah. seem like and she's that the reason. And elsewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, she, the, the, it, it, I don't even think that's the reason she stops. I think the reason she stops is because she's torturing these townspeople and Agatha yeah, yeah, reveals yeah. to her. what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. So take away that one line nothing any of those four other characters are doing has anything the exception is vision's uh robot body corpse Mm. which has no payoff that's clearly setting up something for later on i do love but that doesn't mean that we don't need it or it shouldn't be there Uh, well i'm not uh, until we know like it just has no it it's someone for vision to punch in the Mm. final uh episode Like, and the bombast of the, for eight episodes, we're watching this character study, Hmm. you know, this character study slash homage that is deeply creative and really interesting. And then episode nine, they remember that they are in the MCU. 
and yeah. there are particle effects and fist yeah, fights and all of that sure, for 20 sure. minutes that I didn't need at that point. Yeah, but like 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 I said when we were watching it, I was like, yeah, but we're still watching the MCU here, and that's a, a part of it. But I I I get you. <coughs> I think that um I agree with what you said while we were watching too that it didn't need, need to go go on as long as it uh, did. But yeah, for me like for some, like when I watch things like for example like with with like the the emotional resonance of this, I love it so much that it kind of lifts the whole thing up for me and i i agree i i love that experience and i i 100 agree and i was hoping to have that experience with this but i I didn't it didn't it's why um it's it's why i love i i will remember you like like i i I agree with you that besides you you know the buffy and angel stuff it's kind of myth but because that stuff is so good it just elevates the rest of it yeah, for, and that's, for me. That's an example of a fan favorite episode that mm. doesn't land for me because those yeah. emotional moments don't quite stick the landing for me, I suppose. That's not to say that I wasn't moved by what happened. Like mm-hmm. the the I, yeah. I loved oh, yeah, what like was you happening. had tears in your eyes, I saw. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I just the, unlike it elevating all the rest of it it was whenever we weren't with those characters or with that what she was dealing with or any of that yeah. i i started getting bored you okay. know uh yeah. with, no, with that's fair. those other characters and i just was like eh, eh. yeah and can i can i just say though too like even though like i i see it differently i'm not necessarily saying you were wrong like, oh yeah yeah no wrong, no yeah. i understand um yeah. and what was the other thing so I, yeah, I think that again. I don't want to uh, get too nitpicky. No. Like, no, okay. <clears throat> oh, I see what you're saying, though. Like, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Casting Evan as Quicksilver was so bizarre. <sighs> yeah, see, I didn't pick up on that because I hadn't seen the X Men films. I'm, so... yeah, but we, yeah, the X Men films are entertaining. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I've seen the first three, but yeah, I haven't seen Days yeah. of Future. Whatever. Days of Future Past was. Uh, I mean, the third one is a cluster, and so Days of Future Past surprisingly brings it back with some Kevin Bacon yeah. magic. That was the last one I saw. Three was the one with Kelsey no, that... Grammer's Beast, right? That that was the last yeah. one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just very bizarre because it kind of got me... What I read was they were playing on the idea of when we lose a loved one. And I love this. I love this. Mm -hmm. They were playing on the idea of when we lose a loved one, Mm -hmm. the way we can't, we worry that we're not going to be able to remember their faces. Right. Or the way we worry that, that maybe we're remembering something differently. The way we hold on to uh, these memories of things lost and the way the mind works and all of that. And I, your memories can be fall- fallible. They can. Uh, yeah, so. I love that. And they said they were playing a joke on the audience with that casting, but it worked with the mm. theme and what they were doing and all of that. And I thought, I think that was beautiful. But casting him specifically, mm. who was in the Fox X Men versions and then Disney bought yeah. Fox, and now we're like, is he the new Quicksilver or whatever? Yeah, because then, 
they even make make out in the show his some <laughs> actor named Ralph Boner. Like it's yeah, you think it's, it's gonna really add up uh, add up to something, and mm. and it, it it distracted me because I was thinking about yeah. the business of Marvel, yeah. Disney, Fox, and like, all of that instead of when you explained it to me, I'm like, wait, so is he Quicksilver from X Men or is he this actor Ralph Boner? He's just like, the I, actor I like within the lore. He's just the actor. Uh, which was weird because that's the guy that played Quicksilver. Yeah, so yeah, it's a really weird choice. It, I love the idea of playing with the idea of loss and and mm-hmm. fear of losing a person's face or losing the face yeah. of a loved one in your mind. But don't cast that guy. Cast a yeah. random whoever. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I, I do love Evan P- Peters. Is that his name? I and love I love Evan an Peters. Yeah, I he, think he's, he's a great actor. He's I love easily him in, um, captivating. American Horror Story. Oh, yeah, he really uh Lonnie and I watched Adult World recently, which okay. is a little independent film with uh Ev- uh John Cusack and and he's in it. And he's he's easy. You know, he's he's yeah, got he's a, a simple uh nice charisma. He's very good at playing that kind of character. The mm-hmm. like um I don't know. Uh, whatever that type of it was just a bizarre choice. It's so bizarre that I I wouldn't list it as something that actually like detracted from the show to me one way or another. It's just uh, weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, overall very rewarding. Again, I, I I think that it makes Wanda a ton more interesting. I hope that the shows are like this that they are character studies that they take the time Same. to develop. Same. You know, Bucky has yeah. a ton of potential to be developed this yeah. way. And I won't spoil anything for you, but from what I saw in the first episode, they do appear to be exploring his trauma, I will say. Yeah, um, well, yeah, and so I, I, cool I think that's really it. interesting. The other thing I read that I loved was, um, it was eight episodes or nine? Eight? I eight. Think? Yeah, so episode seven was my favorite, and that's the one that explores the whole thing. And they consulted, uh, the writers consulted uh, trauma counselors and therapists to sort of design what this would be like and what this experience was like and to sort of, um, and and sort of strangely apropos, um, Agatha in the story is uh, telling... um, Wanda that the medicine that she needs is to confront her the traumatic events in her life and right. as someone and currently going through immersion therapy uh, to do same. just such a thing yeah that spoke to me of course yeah, uh, yeah on a very good my last um my last thera- therapy session we did the same uh, thing and so w- watching WandaVision again with, with you I'm like oh okay I see what they're actually doing there yeah yeah and there's a um as much as I didn't care for the fist fights and the particle, uh, oh, it's still really well particle done. effects yeah. and all that. The way Vision beats other Vision was wonderful. They that was very poetic and philosophical. Yeah, they have yeah. a conversation um, that, that is a uh, a um, an argument or that I it, I think it's based on a Greek myth. I, I should have written it down beforehand, but the idea is like this man rebuilds his boat over time and rebuilds the the yeah, um, whatever 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 or something oh no theseus i don't know I think it might be, yeah and by after two years he's replaced everything on the boat is it the same boat mm. and you know we shit ourselves 
And uh, <clears throat> over the course of two weeks, I think we have all new skin. I don't remember what, what the numbers are. But the idea is, like, identity oh, and... It's, it's every seven years, I think, all of your cells are replaced. Some, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so are we yeah. uh, the, the same person? Are we still us? You know, mm. who are we? Whatever. That was great. Um, I, yeah. Of course, yeah. I... Uh, the philosophical bit in there i went yeah oh, and you really know what cool. uh, uh of all the mcu ca ca characters to win a fight through talking about philosophy or whatever Vision's of the course one. it's vision yeah yeah like yeah. yeah and i love that i love that yeah again like this made me love both wanda and vision so much more yeah than, yeah and i love that it was yeah. complicated i love that it was dark um yeah. i think that that um, anyone who's watched Buffy has that precedent. It's very mm -hmm. Buffy. There's there's tons of stuff, but I mean, yeah. like Buffy didn't invent the the dark witch story. No, no, um, no. yeah. So didn't, or the um, the witching the bad story or the yeah. or, or the redemption story. No, that's that's yeah. as old as time, really. So, so yeah. Overall, really enjoyed it. Yeah. With, I loved with, it. with some caveats, but I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where the shows cool. go yeah. from here. I just want to um, finish off by saying um, every now and then you hear pe people to talk about superhero f fatigue. And look, I get that. I get where they're coming from. But um, I feel like with the MCU, we're not getting these like cookie cutter, cop copy and paste superhero films. Um, they're they're using like a, a superhero paint job to, to explore diff, different I, I, ideas and themes. And for me, at least, as long as the story is keeping in interesting, I'm on board. Like yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. But I do also can see that I am a fan of the superhero genre. But you know, like if they were just showing us the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy over, over and over, I would get bored. Not to say that that is a bad tri trilogy. I, I really like the first two two films, but they are more conventional cookie-cutter. Well, I noticed any anytime I um, felt like I had superhero fatigue, it was when an average mm -hmm. or meh MCU movie had come out. Right, like Ant-Man. Ant yeah, watching, watching Ant-Man, yeah. like, I... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but all it took was the next one that was really good oh Guardians uh, or whatever I'm not a Absolutely. huge fan of Guardians but um, Civil War yeah. Civil War blew yeah. my socks off oh this yeah. is what things could be Ragnarok re um, re reignited a lot of my uh, love for the genre too because I thought that, that that was just so much fun yeah to me these, like, these are just myths you know you're talking about yeah. these characters are Zeus and Apollo and Mm. you know all of these mm. these different things um yeah but they use there are like interesting this. myths and there are ones yeah. that are less compelling you know right and they're using these like larger than life elements to tell very human stories and i love that yeah yeah, the, yeah. especially this one um yeah especially this one i think this one is is more so than anything else that, that, that they've done so yeah. far yeah yeah really really interesting well, mm -hmm. um, before we get to the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I'm at Ian Nitram on Twitter. And I'm at, at lack of surprise one. That's all one word with a number one at the end. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and keep us flush with grief and carnivorous jello, you can do so at <laughs> patreon.com slash passion of the nerd. With the $5 and up club, you can join us in the hangout uh, in a week. 
where we will be watching the next Angel episode. I believe it's Darla. Darla. Yep. Um, you and I are going to rewatch that on stream at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then at 6.30, mm-hmm. uh, we'll both be joining the hangout and discussion portion of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't make it, the replays can be found in a playlist over on the main channel. Mm-hmm. You can also help us out by grabbing yourself something from pastthenerd.com forward slash store, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all of that stuff you didn't expect to uh, find. You, you can grab it there. All right, let's go to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone by Terry Boda, chapter 43. Willow walked down the stone hall eyes searching for any sign of Spike or the mysterious they William had warned her about. There were doors, lots of them, lining the hall, and more halls of more doors branching off of the corridor she was in. He could be anywhere in any of these rooms, she thought sadly. It would take forever for me to look through all of them. Resolutely, she placed on hand on a, she placed a hand on a random doorknob. Well, here goes nothing. She turned the knob and gave the door a trial push. It gave, creaking slightly, and swung open. Spike? Spike, are you in there? She called, peering into the darkened room. But it wasn't a room at all. It was the alley behind the magic box, and it was day. Spike was there in the shadows, smoking a cigarette. She rushed up to him. Spike! He did not appear to see or hear her. Spike, she tried again, waving her hand in front of his face. Spike didn't acknowledge her, but turned his head when the back door of the shop opened and a somber Buffy stepped out. Buffy, she cried, but the other woman did not seem to see her either. What is going on here? I feel like Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Buffy, he greeted. Buffy looked at him, surprised. Spike, it's daylight and you're not on fire. Sun's low is shady enough here. Buffy nodded in understanding. Spike sat on a packing crate and gestured to the space beside him. Buffy sat down next to him. I was going to go in, but I overheard you and the other super friends sharing a special moment. Came over here a bit queasy. He threw down the cigarette butt. Say, aren't you leaving a hole in the middle of some soggy group hug? I wanted a little time alone. Oh, right then. He stood and headed for the alley entrance, but stopped at the edge of the sunlight. Uh, that's okay. I, I can I can be alone with you here. Well, thanks ever so. Right. He returned to her, his face concerned, and Willow wondered what she was witnessing and when it happened. Buff. Slayer. Are you okay? She looked at him and nodded. I'm here. I'm good. Buffy, if... If you're in pain, or if you need anything, if I can help you, you can't. Well, I haven't been to a hell dimension just of late, but I know a thing or two about torment. Hell dimension, Willow thought. I was happy, Buffy replied. I, I don't... Wherever I was... I was happy, at peace. I knew that everyone I cared about was all right. 
I knew it. Time didn't mean anything. Nothing had form. But I was still me, you know? And I was warm. And I was loved. And I was finished. Complete. I don't understand about dimensions or theology or any of... But I think I was in heaven. Spike stared at her, a horrified look on his face. Buffy looked back at him, sad and somber. And, and now I'm not. Buffy, Spike tried. I was torn out of there. Ripped out of there by my friends. And everything here is bright and hard and violent. Everything I feel, everything I, I touch. This is hell. Just getting through the next moment and the one after that. Knowing what I've lost. Buffy stopped. Clearly unable to say any more, she rose and walked into the sunlight, leaving a speechless spike in the shadows. They can never know. Never, Buffy said over her shoulder, then walked away slowly. What the hell was that? Willow thought, shaking off the creepy feeling that had settled on her and hurrying out the door. She closed it tight and leaned against it, breathing heavily. Then she moved down and opened the next one. This one was Spike's old crypt. Buffy was sitting in the gloom on the vampire's old chair. Spike was there as well, facing her, leaning against the television. His head was bowed, his shoulders slumped. Once again, neither of them acknowledged her presence. I do remember what I said. The promise to protect her. If I'd done that... Even if I didn't make it, you wouldn't have jumped, Spike suddenly said. Jump? But I, I want you to know, I, I did save you. Not when it counted, of course. But after that, every night after that, I, I, I'd see you do it all again. Do something different. Faster or more clever, you know. Dozens of times. Lots of different ways. Spike paused, then added emphatically, Every night I save you. The broken look on Buffy's face was too much, and Willow practically ran out. What the hell is going on here? She began opening doors, thrusting her head into each one of them to see where they led. Each appeared to be some kind of scene that occurred between Spike and Buffy. One had them riding on a motorcycle together, and another had them talking over whiskey in the lower level of Spike's crypt. I didn't know it looked like that down there. Still another had Buffy screaming at Spike as she beat him mercilessly in an alleyway, while he did nothing to defend himself. Then there was the one of him and Buffy obviously having sex, even though they were pretty well concealed under a rug. Well, twisted fantasy there, she thought, quickly shutting the door. More and more scenes, some violent, some sweet, some tragic, showed themselves to her as she made her way down the hall. Again, most of them were of Buffy and Spike, but a few had her and the others in them. She saw Joyce's death, and Riley's transgressions, and perhaps the most telling, her own lover Tara, 
as a victim of Glory's brain-sucking. Then she came to the last door in the corridor she was in, and she opened it. It was night, in a place she did not recognize, but she saw herself and all of the Scoobies there. They were at a construction site, and there was rubble, and human and demon bodies all over the place. There was no sign of Buffy or Dawn, but Spike was lying on the ground in the base of this huge, rickety tower, obviously severely wounded. He was looking up at the tower, so she looked up too, in time to see a huge portal open up in midair and all manner of demons and black energy come spewing out. Oh my god. Then a, no a lone figure leaped off the tower, arms spread, and she screamed as she saw that it was Buffy. Her scream was echoed by a howl from Spike as they both watched Buffy plummet to her death. Buffy! Willow cried. A hand landed on her so shoulder, suddenly, and she screamed again, spinning to find William, pale and panting behind him. "'You won't find him here,' Willow said. Shaking, swallowing her grief and terror, she nodded and allowed him to take her out. Back in the hallway, she staggered and lost her balance, collapsing on her knees. Young William knelt next to her, his face concerned. It, it struck me as unseemly for a gentleman to allow a lady to go into danger unescorted, he said. What, what was that? she demanded of him, tears on her cheeks. The time before, came the cryptic reply. That makes no sense. None of that ever happened. What is this place? He looked at the door-lined hallway, then back at her. It's where we keep the memories we'd like to forget. But none of that ever happened. He looked at her sadly and rose to, her feet, to his feet. She stood as well, forcing her legs to do her bidding. He regarded her for a long time, then sighed and motioned for her to follow him. I, I, I don't like to come down here. It's unpleasant. But I think, in this case, it's sadly unavoidable, he told her as he took a side passage and bade her to open one of the doors. It revealed another intimate scene between Buffy and Spike. It was love, but it was tainted, you see, by the demon inside him, and hers by suffering she had endured, William explained as he took the doorknob from her hand and closed the door. I don't understand. Time isn't linear, he offered as an explanation. It can loop back upon itself. She creased her brow, trying to process. Are you saying that Spike went back in time? The demon deemed us worthy. So all of that actually happened? It was almost too much to handle. He couldn't save her. Not from the hell god who took her sister, or from herself after she, brought him, she was brought back from the dead. Brought back from the dead? Who would do such a thing? He regarded her with... Eyes that reflected back her own fears. He couldn't save you either. Oh. Oh, n no, I would never, she emphatically denied. He held up one thin fing finger. Never Say never, Miss Willow. None of us can say what we will or will not do. He certainly never intended to become what we became. Sometimes our choices are taken from us by our passions. 
He opened another door for her, and she witnessed the painful reenactment of an attempted rape. She almost retched in the hallway. Oh, my God. They were destroying each other with their own pain, Williams said. He led her to yet another door and turned the knob. She held her breath, dreading what she would see on the other side, and found herself in a cavern painted with gruesome and disturbing cave paintings. Then a severed demon head came from around a bend, followed by a weary and bloodied spike. In his hand was another severed demon head. Right then. That was a bloody doddle and a piece of piss, Spike said defiantly as he tossed the second hand to the ground and dropped his head to the ground and dropped to his knees. Got any more tests, you ruddy ponce? Take anything you can throw at me. If it will get me what I need to take care of the slayer. Give her what's coming to her. You just bring it on. Bring on the whole... He asked snarkily, then stopped as st something started moving under the soil. Bloody hell. His face hardened and he tensed as hundreds and hundreds of scarab beetles erupted from the earth and began to swarm all over him. Willow cringed as they crawled over his screaming face and poured into his mouth. Oh my god! Oh my god! She tried to back away, but a hand stopped her and she saw it was William, his face grim. There's more. She stood transfixed as she watched the beetles swarm, then recede, leaving a prone, battered spike in their wake. He lay there for several moments, and she wasn't sure if he was conscious or even still alive, when he suddenly drew breath. Willow then saw a monstrous, gnarled demon shuffle up to loom over him. His eyes fluttered open, and he stared at the ceiling. "'You have endured the required trials,' the demon said. Bloody right I have, Spike replied, weak but defiant. He pushed himself up into a sitting position. So give me what I want. Make me what I was so Buffy can get what she deserves. Very well, the demon agreed, reaching out a scaled hand to, to touch Spike's chest. We will return your soul. White light flooded the cave and Spike screamed in agony. Willow rounded on Wil William. I thought he said he chose you. William nodded. He did. No, he didn't. That demon just tricked him. William shook his head. Spike's goal was always to retain, regain his soul. But how could he? Because the demon loved her. But knew Buffy would never love him back without a soul. I know this because he would never have been sent back to correct things if the demon hadn't chosen the soul willingly. Stunned, Willow made her way back out into the hall. William followed at her shoulder. She stopped, leaning against the stone wall, her eyes closed and her fists clenched. Then she glared up at the man standing before her. "'You aren't William,' she accused. The man shook his head. "'I'm the part of him that wants you to find him.' "'Where is he?' The man began to fade from sight growing translucent and out of focus. Below came the reply, before the apparition disappeared. Below? Ah, dungeon, she reasoned, and hurried to find a flight of stairs that went down. Well, Ian, this felt like a long one. Yeah! Yeah, yeah well... A good uh, one, but yeah. a long one. No, there was a lot to say um, mm. about the blob. 
Yeah, the blonde. In- interestingly enough, like uh, yeah. that's n- like I didn't think there would be much to say about it going yeah. into it, but well, yeah. Oh, yeah, going into the movie. Um, yeah, and yeah. then I knew um, WandaVision was 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 going to be a a big one. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, you listening got a kick or distracted. Um, mm-hmm. If you have feelings about any of the things we discussed, if you want to tell us we're wrong or right. By all means. We appreciate both. Uh, Leave a comment down below. Jack, what are you up to this week? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to get a COVID vaccine. That's on Tuesday. Very much looking forward to that. It's weird that I'm looking forward to to a needle, but times are weird, man. (laughs) Yep. I've also got some more uh, uh, medical-related appointments coming up, but other than that, not much out of uh, the, the ordinary just uh, continuing my work with Chipperish, and I'm also recording another episode of Muppet Sex and Trauma uh, coming up soon. And you, you and I still have some ha- housework type stuff to do with Passion of the Nerd. We do indeed. But yeah, what, what about you, sir? What are you up to? Uh, links to your new podcast in the description. Oh, yes, of course, yes. I'm going to be cranking on two scripts, um, double scripting. Both of them are, are well along now, and I'm happy with kind of uh, where things are going. Want to have uh, the next one fully edited and prepared by the end of this month, hopefully sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the next batch, I'm going to start adding to the stack a personal project, which I haven't done in cool. a while. I rewatched, no, I rewatched nice. the boat story, and uh, because I was thinking about New Zealand, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Is this a boat?" And so I rewatched the boat story, and I was like, "Oh, it's not a boat." It's not a boat. No, but you know, you know, it's good to be. You're a very cautious person, so I get it. Uh, Well, I am and I'm not. I I am, and yet I'm here in New York. It's weird. Yeah, which was kind of on a whim, kind of. (laughs) I wouldn't say a whim, but you kind of were just like, "Fuck it, let's try it," and and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you tangle up, you tango on. Yeah. Yeah, so I rewatched the boat story. I was like, that, that was pretty good. So it's interesting doing this. There are certain videos on the channel that have two or 3,000 views, and I'm like, but I really like that one. Yeah. you know. And then Doppelgangland has 111,000 views, <laughs> and I'm like, I get that Doppelgangland is a phenomenal <laughs> episode of the show. Yeah. But it's not a phenomenal video. Right. So, you know, and there are other... Like the restless, well, the restless video is 100,000 views now. Anyway, <laughs> that's it, friends. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you. Um, we do. Take care of yourselves this weekend, and we will see you next week. And remember, we have said goodbye b- before, so it stands to reason we will say hello again. Peace. <laughs>